I'm your host, Daryl Marks, my co-host, Mr. Speedy Petey, and Joshua McGilla-Silverberg. Remember, you can listen to our show every single Saturday from, well, I said Saturday, every single Monday, every single Wednesday and Thursday at 9 p.m. Maybe you can listen on Saturday and Monday on another planet. I guess that's possible. How many drugs did you do before the show? I think Snug sent you something. Oh, my God. Every single Wednesday and Thursday at 9 p.m., you could call us at 631-965-4990. You have a lot going on right now, so we'll let it slide. Uh, you could go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. You could download our app by going to iOS, WWSRN, or Android, Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Well, 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 the trio is back, and why not say hello to Joshua Silverberg. What's going on? Oh, there? everybody is so disappointed. Mm. I know, especially Jeff. I know he's so sad. Why? Because he's Tyler's not on the show? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, 100%. He said it last week. He's like, Josh, Josh is not here. God, you blessed us. And I said, don't worry, bitch. I'll be back. <laughs> and Gerard came out on top of it. I'm so pissed. You know, it's so funny. Speedy, last night when we did Off the Mat, he goes to me, he goes, by the way, because I watched Wednesday's show. If you saw her, I was messaging, and then mm-hmm. Thursday I was at dinner. Mm-hmm. And I was able to, to to watch it, and then I hear Gerard comes, and I go, mother, what the hell? Like, I mean. <laughs> Gerard gave us a great show. Actually, was on for an hour and a half, and he loved it. Absolutely loves coming on to the show. And, and Jeff called the show. He was on for an hour. It was really the Gerard and Jeff show. Because that's, yeah, that's what it, weird. it was going back and forth. Lots of SEC football talk. Yeah, yeah. a lot of football talk. And obviously making fun of my uh, Mark uh, Everett Kelly. <laughs> Which is and naturally Yes, Jeff. Jeff loves that. But uh, great to have you back, as everybody has Thanks. said, wanting you to get back on, you know, onto the show. So we're happy to have you back. Um, it, it's been a very crazy weekend. Especially for me, I've been working really, really hard with uh, Nextcaster. There's just so much going on. So I had a nice vacation. No, you did. <laughs> well, obviously, we saw the pictures it's, with your wife. In Arden, it was. All, oh yeah, I mean, it she's was, put on some weight. I could tell she's pregnant. That's you know what it is. It, it, it's interesting because when she wears like a dress or something like that, you can tell. But if she wears like a loose shirt and like sweatpants or something like that, you can't tell. Like she went to lunch with her girlfriends today, mm-hmm. and she, you know, they were saying like, "We want to see the belly. We want to see the belly." So clearly, they couldn't tell. You want to see my belly? Caribbean meat. Does anybody want to see my belly? I, I mean, 
It is beautiful. It really is sexy, ladies. But she and definitely, like I said, she's she's four and a half months now, man. She's she. We're we're getting there, and um, and everything. But it was Saint Martin. I never been to Saint Martin before. It was gorgeous. It really was a great I've island. You know, I went on a cruise. I went to Saint. It was awesome. You know, they're not joking when they say it's the friendliest island. I don't know, know about friendly. Yeah. If you actually go to the outskirts, you'll see a very drugged island that's right <laughs> well, Listen, i, I wouldn't roll that out <laughs> we, we stayed on the french side which is the nice part the dutch side is kind of the well you know that's not the what was that a meow part. what was that what, what, what do you call that a cat was he misses his cats? There were a lot of cats there. I mean, there were stray cats and stray dogs there. It was insane. Well, but maybe not his cats so much he had to meow. Maybe not any straight cats or straight dogs. <laughs> There's a real possibility when you're out and about on the street all the time, you're trying to figure oh, things out. But no, man. it was it really the villa was beautiful. It was just it was just nice to get away because my wife we didn't get our honeymoon a couple of years ago. We were at two week plan to Italy and obviously COVID happened and kind of kicked the bucket on that, but we made up for it and. The fact I know, obviously, a shout out to my my, my sister in law and to her friends as well, Mar- Margaret and Kristen, and of course my mother in law. They were all there. Marge, actually- Marge, hey, what's up, Marge? How are you? you know, but um, Margie, you Margie, know, um, Margie the Quargie, right? Uh, but um, she they set up that sh- that photo shoot, which was a surprise for us, and it was really nice. It was yeah, awesome. if you really look deep deep behind you guys, you see my ass. So. Uh, if Nobody you really will see that binoculars of the picture, you really see that beautiful ass of mine. Nice if shaved you were and beautiful. If you on that island, I would have got <laughs> off the island and went <laughs> well, no, well, well. I missed you guys before. I did. You well, know, we I'm have happy. a great show. We have a great show lined up for you guys today. We're going to get into uh, the NBA Finals as we have a champion. Uh, not surprised. And a lot of people were telling me, oh, wait until wait until the show. We're going to kill you with the whole Chris Paul thing. I don't know what you're going to kill. Because Come I- on, Yankees. Let's go tonight. Let's go. We will get we, we will get into the expansion draft, obviously, with the Krakens. Uh, we'll Your talk favorite about that. name. Oh, terrible. Really. <laughs> God, awful. Um, we will get into the NFL. Uh, Aaron Rodgers was offer, offered a two-year extension, which would have made him the highest-paid quarterback in the NFL, and he absolutely denied it. So uh, we will get into money with him. It's not about money. It's about getting rid of uh, the Green Bay Packers. It it absolutely is personal with the GM and him. He really doesn't like the GM. So uh, we will get into that a little bit later. We'll talk about the Jets, that Zach Wilson is still not signed, and OTAs, mandatory OTAs are opening up in about a week and a half. And and there's only four number one first-round draft picks not signed, and two of them are quarterbacks, which is very interesting. But didn't the Jets, didn't theirs open already, the rookie camp? I thought it opened already, did it not? Uh, well, they had rookie camps. Yes. I think the, I think Errol's referring. I know Barrett's first time camp. yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 camp yesterday. Yeah, well, we're going to talk about camp. The, yeah. the Jets camp is actually. I don't want to talk anything about any kind of camp. Um, I don't, well, don't want to hear camp. Well, I work I'm at sorry camp. I don't about that. About it. I'm sorry. <laughs> you were camped out on an island, so now you get to talk oh, about a different type right. of camp. <laughs> we will I'll also we will also get into. Many other different stories that uh, people have talked about over the weekend, especially sports stories. But first things first, I definitely want to get into the NBA. And a lot of people, uh, especially taking shots at me at my hospital today, I walked through uh, the warehouse and everybody started clapping. And I started, you know, bowing and, you know, giving them a salute. And they were like, what are you saluting for? You had Chris Paul being the best point guard of all time if he wins a championship. And I said, very simply. He didn't win. That still doesn't make him not the great one of the one of the top three point guards to ever play the game. Now, I do blame Chris Paul in Game Five. He did not play well, 
and you saw it in the game. He just he wasn't Chris Paul. In game six, he played well. It wasn't Chris Paul's fault that they lost no. game six. He had 25 points. He played at the top of his game. It was not his fault. And even after the game, and they asked him, are you going to retire? He says, if you think I'm going to retire, I'm nah. not. Okay, but... Chris Paul is at the top of his game right now at the age of 36. He still could play this game. He could still play at a top level. But what really changed the whole outcome of this series was really Giannis. It was really what he did in game three, four, five, and six. And they practically swept the last four games of that series. And it had a lot to do with him taking over, playing. And remember, he wasn't 100%. He was 80%. He hurt his knee in in the the Brooklyn game, uh, Brooklyn series. And nobody thought he was actually going to play. And a lot of people thought he he blew out his knee and and Brooklyn was going to have an easy way and an easy path to the NBA Finals. It wasn't like that. And what was so intriguing about what you saw with Giannis is – a lot of people were taking shots at him that he wasn't a, a, a full-blown superstar. He wasn't the guy that was going to take his team to the promised land. He wasn't going to win a championship for his team. He didn't have it in him. Well, all those naysayers, including me, uh, including uh, you know, Stephen A. Smith, Max Kellerman, Skip Bayless, all these guys that said he wasn't a number one, boy, oh boy, we're eating our crow. This guy is as good as any player in the NBA you saw what he can do. He can pass the ball. He can shoot. And, you know, he's not a deep, he's not a 17, 18 foot jump shot. He doesn't have a three point shot, but the guy can dominate, especially when it gets hot. He can get into the paint at will. He can go to the line. He became a better free throw shooter. Uh, he was fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. And by the way, I want to give a shout out to Ben, who called the Bucks in six. Yes. So. Um, yes, he did. He was texting me nonstop about it this uh, past week. Yes, he did. But he's also he also is a Buck fan, and yes. he's also a Green Bay fa- Packer fan. So mm-hmm. I, I I will say this, and and what is special about watching this series was you saw two, actually three, fantastic players and one really really good player, and the one person that I'm saying is Middleton. Middleton in Game Five and Game Six absolutely helped Giannis take over those games. Offensively, he was dominant. Uh, the Phoenix Suns had no answer for Middleton. None whatsoever. Whatsoever. When he needed to take over and he needed to get that, they needed that three-point shot. They needed that uh, two-point play where he gets fouled going up for a layup. Middleton was fantastic at drawing fouls too. So I was so impressed with the Bucks. And by the way, everybody I thought they were going to Fire, including you, my friend, Josh, saying that he was going to get fired. This I guy, did. This guy's going to get an extension. This guy yep. is one of the best, most underrated coaches. He earned it. In the NBA. He earned it. And, and you know, to me, when I look at Budenholzer now, and he finally had that cha- – he has that championship on his resume, which is a huge thing for him. And like I said – He's got know, championships just as an assistant coach. Yes, of course. And, and look, to be honest with you, I was – listen – Everybody was asking who do you, who are you rooting for. I said I actually wouldn't mind seeing the Bucks win because I, I I'm tired of the narrative with Giannis and and Milwaukee. Obviously, both of these cities are very you know they're not big markets, but to me, I think what was awesome is the play that Drew Holiday made in Game Five. By the with, way, with the by steal. the way, Drew Holiday that that obviously that pickup in the offseason was huge, huge 
in, in, especially in the finals. When Jewel Holiday needed to get the ball to Giannis, he was fantastic. His passing ability, seeing the, the court the way he did, it was fantastic. It was, it was a gem to watch. It, I'm telling you, this was one of the most exciting championship wins I've ever seen NBA have, NBA team have in 10 years. I give the Bucks tremendous credit. And by the way, who I thought Phoenix was the better team, they had the better talent. Uh, and by the way, DeAndre Ayton, who was preaching how great he, the reason why he was such a great player and how Chris Paul has made him a great player ever since, where the hell was he in game five and game oh, six? Oh, he was terrible offensively. Oh, my God. Where the hell was he? I, I mean, he completely disappeared off the face of the earth. And, and to me, he probably thinks the earth is flat now because he's not <laughs> winning no trophy. And that's a big ball, and that's a circle. So <laughs> Either that or he thinks there's extra gravity that messed up his shots. <laughs> uh, it was, he was horrendous. He was absolutely horrendous. And Chris Paul, for all the press taking shots at Chris Paul, saying that he's not a champion, he's not a winner, he's not a born winner, I, I have to give him a lot of credit. He took a lot of abuse after game six, after losing. And he sat there, he took, he took it. He answered every single question. He didn't hide away from the press. He didn't hide under. We've seen players. We've seen LeBron James do this. We've seen different superstars do this completely hide. Remember the Dallas series? Remember when Miami lost against Dallas? Where was LeBron James when they were trying to interview him? How many times? He disappeared. He absolutely, he was embarrassed. Chris Paul stood there. He took his lumps. And I, I'm going to tell you, he will be back next year, wherever he is. I don't think it's going to be with the Suns, even though he made it seem like it is. I think it could be the Lakers. I think it could be the Knicks. I, I think it could go back to the Clippers if, if obviously, uh, Kawhi Leonard decides to stay there. So uh, there could be a lot of different opportunities where he can be a championship, championship player. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it's the Lakers. I really wouldn't. Um, I, I think that's, that makes sense. I, I mean, LeBron James, him, and Anthony Davis, who's going to beat that team if, if Chris Paul's there? Uh, nobody. And I don't, I don't care if you're hearing Damian Lillard's going to go to the Golden State Warriors. Or, and by the way, when Damian Lillard went out there and, I, and I, he said that he, he didn't spread any rumors, he, he doesn't believe, he's never <laughs> said anything. And I said it on the show, and I mentioned that he said it. Drew, honestly, I do believe Damian Lillard, Lillard will not be a Portland Trailblazer by next year. I, I don't. I, I think he's making making his voice heard that he's not going to throw the Portland Trailblazers under the bus. But when Portland picked Chauncey Billups to be their next head coach, I think he was done. I think he was out. It wasn't the coach that he wanted. They asked him who he wanted. They decided to go another route. So you know what? Damian Lillard's looking for another route out. So uh, I just, it's it's crazy. It's, 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 it's so fun to watch professional sports and how something could completely change when a team goes up 2-0 and everybody thinks it's over, and then te- a team wins four games in a row and completely dominates the last four games the of the bu- series. The Bucs are the first team in NBA history to do it twice in a single postseason because they also got, did it against the Nets, too, down 2 to nothing, and they got destroyed in both those games, too. So even more of a feat in that sense. And Carl- by the way, I'm, I'm reading what Evan is saying. He's, uh, Evan says, Chris Paul will now look to latch on to another team where he doesn't have to be the guy in hopes of winning one. He will have to ride the coattails of others to get a ring. By the way, and I, I'm going I'm to be honest with all you Steph Curry lovers, because it, it seems like there's a lot of them. Steph Curry, the great Steph Curry, that scored, averaged 31 points, was up for an MVP. Where was his team this year when he needed to put his team on his shoulders and bring them to a playoff series? The answer is 
nowhere. He couldn't beat the Grizzlies. He couldn't beat the Lakers. What was he? Okay? If we go up and down, Russell Westbrook, okay? Russ Westbrook, who I'm a huge fan of. I think Russ is great. In the big game, the guy completely disappears. That's another big-time point guard, Hall of Fame point guard. Do you want me to mention more point guards that we've seen go in and out of the league? Now, by the way, Chris Paul, he went to OKC last year. He took a team that had no business making the playoffs. None. Made him a five seed. Brought him into the playoffs. Then he goes to another team, the Phoenix, uh, Phoenix Suns. Had no business making the playoffs this year, even with the players that they had. DeAndre Ayton, let's be honest, we all thought he was a bust. Anybody that didn't think they're completely blind. Okay? And, and by the way, Booker's a fantastic player, but Booker's never played in a big game. So we didn't know what Booker could do. Okay? So Chris Paul went there and took that team that didn't make the playoffs last year, that made the bubble, whatever, round robin, mm-hmm. couldn't get into the, the bubble and couldn't get into the, the, uh, the playoffs last year. He took them all the way to the finals. And everybody's taking shots at Chris Paul because he couldn't win the big, he couldn't win two games. Give him a break. That's not Chris Paul's fault that that team didn't win. Uh, De- Man, why don't you ask Devin Booker what he did in game six? Okay? He looked very James Harden playoff-esque. Let's be honest. What, what, what happened to the great Devin Booker? Let's be honest here. Now, everybody says he's a... Oh, by the way, Evan says he's a two-time MVP. Me and you could be an MVP. Okay? That, why? Because he had 403 point shots? 403 point shots? He's an MVP? He was a 31... He averaged 31 points this year playing on a team that should have been better than the, what they were. He couldn't make anybody around it better, and he was up for an MVP when Chris Paul took a team that should have no business going to the finals and almost won a championship with that team. Give me a break. It also doesn't correlate to the postseason success either, though. Steph Curry, at the time of those MVPs, again, he, he whether he earned them with, with the three-pointers or not, the playoffs that year, he still had a lot of talent around him, more than Chris Paul's ever had with any of these teams he's played for recently, too. And John Ferris says yeah. Suns actually went undefeated in the bubble. That's not what I'm talking about. The playoffs. Yeah, the they weren't, John, they weren't supposed to be, the, nevertheless, a two-seed in the Western Conference. They weren't supposed to be a definitive playoff team. They might have been like a six-seed, a seven-seed. They weren't supposed to be a two-seed, and they definitely weren't supposed to go to the NBA Finals. So my, my, my attack to what happened... Listen, the Bucks played very, very well, and they figured out how to stop Chris Paul. And, and that's, the, that's the secret. If you stop Chris Paul, you stop the Suns. That's how good Chris Paul is. As good as Devin Booker is, who was the best player on that team? Who's the best player on that team? It's Chris Paul. There's no question it's Chris Paul. Chris Paul makes a lot of the other bench guys better, too. And, again, that was a big reason they went as far as they did in that postseason as well. All right, we have a first caller of the day. Ben, what's going on, man? What's going on? I told you guys I would call. Called mm-hmm. it. Game six. Well, we're happy that you called. And uh, Ben, how are you? How are you feeling? How's everything going? Good. My phone's not well, that's, stopping. Well, that's, that's good. So uh, tell us what you thought Giannis was in the, in the finals. Uh, were you impressed with really what he delivered to the fans and some of the skeptics? The skeptics and, and all the attacks that he had going into the finals. Oh, absolutely. Uh, the, all the trolls in Arizona out here uh, with the, the shot clock countdown. What was he? He was, what, missed two the whole Giannis game? Averaged the whole game? 30, aver- Gian- Giannis averaged 38 points in the finals. Yes, Benny was 17 for 19 at the free throw line. 38 That's points right, in the finals. Two. Yep, yep. 
Who was the last player to average 38 points a game in the finals? Probably LeBron. <laughs> no. Really? LeBron never LeBron averaged never 30. never did it either? Wow. He never averaged no. 38 points in, in no, the finals. No, no. LeBron, Le- LeBron never got there. No. He never averaged 38 points oh. in the finals. He averaged 36. Never averaged 38. You know who the last player to do that? Bill Russell. Nope. <clears throat> Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan. Jordan. Mm-hmm. Michael Jordan. Yep. He was the last player to do it. Giannis played out of his mind. He played he unbelievable. On and a bum leg, by give the it way. up to Middleton, though, too. Middleton. Oh, Middleton took it to another level, and that's why uh, now that he's going to play for Team USA. And, and by the way, that Team USA team didn't even have their players. They didn't have Devin Booker. They didn't have Middleton. Do you know how good that team's going to be? Even even if you had players drop out already, this this team's going to win the the gold medal. If they don't win the gold medal, it's a complete catastrophe. Okay, it, it's oh, yeah. it, it, it's going to be horrible if they don't win. It, it's going to be talked about for forever. Yeah, well, look at look at the team that didn't win the gold medal years and years ago with Marbury. I remember that team was pretty damn good. Iverson, That's Marbury, true. Kobe was on that team. I'm pretty sure. Uh, Tim Duncan was on, not, was Tim Duncan on that team? I'm not sure. I know Kevin Garnett was I'm on that sure. team. I'm not sure. I know Garnett Kevin, was. I know I Garnett I was remember. on that team. Which one? The one. The one oh, that they four. they won the bronze. Oh four. Athens. Oh four. With Marbury. No oh, God. It, to me, I I just think that Middleton was so very important to that series, and and because of Middleton. I think it helped Giannis and took pressure off Giannis to play his game, and and it was fantastic. It was fantastic. It was beautiful to watch. It, it was really amazing. Was. It was great. It was it was a great series all around. It was. Both, both teams were awesome. And both two teams. teams and two teams that nobody and everybody said, well, buff of the Bucks could win. Nobody thought the Bucks were going to the finals. Nobody. No. Did. Nobody. Nope. Nope. It was either the 76ers or the Brooklyn Nets. That's what everybody thought. And both the, the Brooklyn Nets played their asses out against the Bucs. And no question. Oh, and I'll, yeah. tell you, I'll tell you right now, if, if Brooklyn got through that series, they would have won the championship, too. They would have oh, won. Oh, absolutely. They, they, they would have gone away. Wh- whoever came out of that absolutely would have gone all the way. I think so, too. I, and that's well, coming from a Bucs fan. And, and, and to me, I, I thought Phoenix was going to win the series. I really did, especially when they went up 2-0 and the way – Really, Chris Paul was playing in the first two games, but I don't know what happened. I give Budenholzer a, a, a lot of credit. Yeah, because, I don't know how oh, the yeah, Team he, USA team won the clutch. He, he was huge. I don't get it. What? What did you say, Josh? What did you say? I don't know how this team, this Team USA team, won the bronze medal with this what, roster. What, what did the team give us the roster? Allen Iverson, Stephon Marbury, Dwayne Wade, Carlos Boozer, Carmelo Anthony, LeBron James. Mm-hmm. Mecca Okafer, Sean Marion, Amari Stoudemire, Tim Duncan, Lamar Odom, and Richard Jefferson. How you win a bronze? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll tell you how. <laughs> I, mean, even, I mean, let's Their be fair, point though, guard the assist play. leader on that team was Stefan Marbury. Their point guard play was terrible. Well, Stefan Marbury was the assist leader on that team. So they... I just told you, the point guard game was <laughs> terrible. I, I mean, and I love Steph Marbury, and I know Steph Marbury. I know his his cousin, uh, Telefair. I, 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 Sebastian, I used to play ball with him. I met, uh, you know, Steph Curry. I mean, Steph Curry. Um, Stephon Marbury, Marbury uh, when he played for um, Georgia Tech. I, 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 the, his first year at Georgia Tech, um, before he went to play college ball, I, I actually played street ball with him. I didn't play. I actually watched him play. I didn't play against him. He never he got off the court. No, know I never got, I know <laughs> he never, he never got off the court. So I, I never really got a chance to play him. So, uh, but I played, I played with Sebastian Telefair. Um, I know Sebastian pretty well. Um, and he was a good, decent NBA player. He wasn't a good NBA. He was an NBA player. He was a decent NBA player. But, uh, um, I, I'll tell you this, uh, Ben, uh, you were right. 
I give you a lot of credit. You were pr- practically dead on with what you thought the Bucks were going to do, especially going down 2-0. And uh, I give you a lot of credit. And I, I, I to me, um, what was so impressive, well, the, the three aspects of why they won that series, Budenholzer won, Giannis playing at, at the top of his game, and Middleton. And by the way, Middleton sh- played out of his mind. the fourth and most important thing was making that move for Drew Holiday to give him that point guard uh, that they so badly needed. Uh, in the offseason. Uh, great that was trade. A huge pickup. Great huge trade. Huge pickup. Yeah. Absolutely huge. Yeah. So, uh, a lot of credit to Budenholzen and, and that team. That they Well deserved. Uh, a small market team. And by the way, Aaron Rodgers is a champion. <laughs> he is. Just He's the spark they needed. Yes. They just Aaron Rodgers to buy the team. They yeah. were all good after that. Well, he owns a piece of the team. Mm-hmm. So uh, he's yep. one of the – I think he owns 10% of the team yep. or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yep. So he is an, owner. He is a champion. And uh, he was there when they won the championship uh, yesterday. So it, it's a great feeling. And he actually was celebrating with them too. So Aaron Rodgers. Uh, and, and, to, and we'll get into Aaron Rodgers a little bit later because I, I think it's just a funny story with what's going on with Green Bay and him. I, I just think – I think his time in Green Bay is over, but that's just oh, he'll, he'll be back. Oh, he's not going back. No, he'll be back. No, I, I know. I know you don't want to hear that, but he, he's not going back. If he's if he if he's offered a two million dollar two year extension worth more than any quarterback has ever made in a two year span, and he turned that down, he's not coming back to Green Bay. He's not. Uh, he's going somewhere else, and, and I, I absolutely, definitely believe that. But well, by the way, read off what what everybody's saying. Uh, yeah, uh, Carl says picking him up. I think referring to Drew Holiday and PJ Tucker for defense was solid. Uh, Carl also says he said it. Now you say it, Errol. Dame time again. Uh, John says Giannis is a beast. Fifty points, well deserved. Giannis was a beast. Carl says, isn't he the first player to score fifty in the finals? No, Carl. Uh, no, John. I answered that for you already. Uh, Middleton boosted his clutch rating to an A minus. Carl says. Carl says Jermaine O'Neal, maybe referring to the Olympic team. He also says not enough outside shooting from the guard position on that Olympic team. Yep, absolutely. And uh, he finishes it off with Errol going all in on the by the way phrase tonight. Drinking game. Take a drink every time Errol says the phrase. Yep. Yeah. I, I think it's uh, it's crazy, man. It, it really is, and I, I'm very, I'm very happy for the NBA. I think this was a very good finals, and mm-hmm. wasn't expected. Uh, there was no LeBron, Steph Curry, uh, the garbage that we've seen over the last couple of years. Even last year it was pretty fun to watch with Jimmy Butler and the Miami Heat, but I was that was not a, even a challenge to the Lakers. I, I mean, this was a fun series. It could have went either way, and Chris Paul played his heart out. He just couldn't get he couldn't get his team over the hump. That is not Chris Paul's fault. And anybody no. that blames Chris Paul for that is an idiot and is a moron. And I don't want to hear Tyler Harrison telling me, well, if Steph Curry was on the team, they would have went further. Yeah, okay. Give me a break. What a joke. <laughs> what a joke. I, I, 50, I, years. Yeah. 50 years. Yeah, it, it's, did it. yeah. 50 years, 50 points. Mm-hmm. So, I, um, I, I, by the way, Ben, uh, before we let you go, uh, any thoughts, uh, anything to talk about before we let you go? Um, Bucks and Clippers next year. Oh, in the finals. Wow. Yep. Bucks and Clippers. Okay. First of all, Kawhi Leonard's not playing next year, no matter where he is. So I don't know if that's going to happen. That's one. Number two, what makes you think the Bucks are going to go back there next year with the East going to be even more stronger next year? I'm not even talking about the Knicks. I'm talking about the Nets. They're going to be even stronger next year. They're going to bring some veteran minimal players that I wouldn't even be surprised. All right, and, and don't quote me on this, that Chris, play, Chris Paul takes a pay cut and goes to play in Brooklyn. 
I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. He's going to jump ship. I don't know where he's going to go, but he's going to jump ship to go somewhere else. Oh, he, I think he's going to. And I don't think they Nate need another Hurst. point guard. I don't think they need another point guard. But who knows with the Nets? They got two of them. So why not add a third? Okay. I, Lakers. I, I think Might the well. I think the Lakers are the Knicks. Uh, that's where my but thoughts. I are. think it's going to. I think the Knicks are right there, but I think it's going to be the Lakers. If the I think Knicks are going to call him first. It's not about LeBron. He, he, to me, it's about winning without LeBron. I think, why would he go over there and win with LeBron when he has a chance to win by, by himself? And I again, if Damian Lillard is not the guy for the Knicks, a short second will be Chris Paul. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if Chris Paul is wearing the, uh, the uh, orange, white, and blue. That's what I think. I can see that. No, I can see that. I, I can Absolutely. see it. You know, so it, 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 that, that could absolutely happen uh, next year. He didn't even say anything. He, he was talking about the Suns and that we, we learned something. I don't think in his mind he doesn't know what he's going to do. Right. But I think in the long run, I think he's going to look. He, he went as far as he can with the Suns. And I think uh, he's going to look That's somewhere else. Enough. Yeah, I think he's yeah. going to look somewhere else. Go to the Eastern Conference. It's easier. You go and play with the Knicks. You go play with somebody else. They're gonna put they're gonna put players around you to give you success, and you have a chance to win. So it, it's it's going to be a very interesting off season for the NBA. It's just oh, I am so I, I think it's going to be so exciting. I really do. I'm stoked for it. Absolutely, I, I really do. I, this draft's going to be fun. I think this is a very deep draft. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that there's a lot of opportunity with the Knicks money that they have with the Brooklyn Nets. What they're going to do in the off season? What Sean Marks? But I'm going to tell you right now, if Sean Marks doesn't get this team in the finals next year, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets fired. By the way, breaking news: The Jets have signed Elijah Moore. Well, I, we knew that was going to happen. Yeah, we knew. Four that was gonna, yeah, we knew that was going to happen. But now it's just it's it's down to one. Mm-hmm. Elijah one Vera Tucker was signed. The most important one of them all. Elijah Vera Tucker was t- signed three weeks ago. Um, yep, Tucker, yep. No, I thought it was yesterday, and then more today. So they did it back to back. Oh, uh, Elijah Elijah Vera Tucker was signed last yesterday. Yeah, it was signed last. I night. I thought he yeah. signed three years, three weeks ago. No, it was last night. Oh, Late really? last night he did it. Yeah, it was literally. Yeah, no, that was last night. remember since it was right before hmm. we went on off. I thought the it was mat. three weeks ago. Just Maybe it was somebody else. Maybe Michael Carter yeah. Jr. Uh, that might have been it. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but yeah, no, he did, he didn't finalize until last night. That was official. Well, it's great. Now and, it's down to Zachy Boy. They'll sign Zach by next week. But uh, I hope so. I, they better before rookie starts opening. Well, up. they have to, and I, I, yeah. I, I don't think Joe Douglas is going to make the same mistake uh, as Mike McCagnum did, uh, Sam Douglas' well. first year. So I don't think he's that dumb. Well, we've seen dumb GMs <laughs> here, but I don't think Joe Douglas is that dumb. We'll, we'll get into football. By the way, Ben, thank you for calling. Keep listening, my friend. Oh, absolutely, See you, Ben. I'll, thank I'll you. On right now, Ben. A great kid, a great guy. Uh, you know, uh, he has a great uh, clothing line. You can check it out. Uh, it's uh, what, what's his what's his clothing? Line? I don't remember. I'm sorry. I, I'm just so something guns. I don't remember. Yeah, I, I'm I'm sorry, Ben. I, I'm I have Isn't so it, much. I think it's welcome to the gun show. Yeah, yes. welcome to the yes. gun show. I am so like beat with so much stuff. My brain is just twirling around. It's got. It's like it's like silly putty. Okay, I have so much going on. And it's just crazy. It really is. I'm getting. I'm working on one of our advertisers where, where, where Garrett's making a video. It's been really hard for him to get this done, and I'm getting attacked by one of our advertisers. So it, it's just so many things, and I'm trying to just move forward with everything. But I'm very excited to the future, what, where we're going with this. And um, like I said, I'm hoping for the best with the WFAN thing, by the way. So uh, there's just so much going on, and I, I just uh, – like I, I'm excited – 
but very drained. <laughs> ben already jumps back in after hanging up on us on the phone. Yeah, into the comment section, Packers are winning the Super Bowl, calling it now. <laughs> if, oh boy. if Aaron Rodgers isn't there, I don't know what you're talking about. And I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to be there. So I, everything that I'm reading is he's going, he's either going somewhere else or he's not playing this year. So uh, he's not playing for the Packers. Uh, he's pretty made. How does somebody turn down a two-year deal worth about, I think he's getting $50 million a year or something like that? Mm-hmm. Who would turn down $50, 55000000 guaranteed? It's money. It's not about the money anymore with nope. him. It, it, it's really – and he believes – and he really believes he could play four or five more years, and I believe he can. Uh, he's on the Tom Brady diet. You see what he's doing, the T12. I, I, I think that's what the diet's called, right, T12? TB12. Yeah. TB12. So um, I, I, I don't – I don't see him playing for the Green Bay Packers. I'll jump in as the starting quarterback. Okay, good <laughs> luck, Ben. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I mean, seriously. Uh, He's got he, wheels. Yeah, he <laughs> definitely has wheels. Let's see how fast those wheels are. Uh, <laughs> I love Ben. Still faster than uh, the Manning brothers. Well, that's true. Uh, he's definitely faster than Eli, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> but I, I just – I was very impressed. Now, going to the offseason, what do the Phoenix Suns need to – do do to to be a championship competitive team. They got to find a way to re-sign Chris Paul. That's what they're going to have to do, and I think that's going to be a very hard sell to Chris Paul after losing a very big series like this. They're going to this team can't do it. They need another player with right. this team, and uh, a, a good player. You're you're talking about like a Jimmy Butler or somebody like that. They're not going to win with this team, and I don't think DeAndre Ayton, as good as he played throughout the playoffs, he completely disappeared. Disappeared in that Buck series. It shows you the superstar, and and if you're not a super superstar, you're 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 not declared that. And I I don't think he's a superstar. I think he's a good player. I think he, I don't think he's an elite player. I don't think he'll ever be an elite player. You know, so um, it, it's just crazy. It really is. But I I've I was so happy for the Bucks last night. I watched Giannis dance around and and stuff it was like awesome. that. Awesome. It really was. It, it, it's something. It, it's something really fun to watch when you see a team work so hard. Year in and year out. And Giannis decided not to leave the Milwaukee Bucks because he right. wanted to bring mm-hmm. a championship home to Milwaukee. And boy, oh boy, did he deliver. And remember, he was he was one of the guys in a couple of years ago when everyone thought he was going to get traded to Golden State or something like that. He was like, no, I don't want to be in a big city. And he, he kept his honor to that. And I love what he said yesterday. Like, it's not all about just winning with the super team. Sometimes you can just have a, you mesh together and sometimes it ends up working. And it's a great thing to see in this uh super team type era, two teams that weren't super teams, two teams that were really rising new teams that were in the finals. It was really good to see the Suns being the same way and Chris Paul elevating them the way they did. But Milwaukee too, with a lot of bench players, a lot of veterans that a lot of people thought were done, were out of the league. Guys like like you were saying, Errol, Drew Holiday, that was been bumped around different teams. Brooke Lopez was very good in that series, too, with fantastic rebounds and tip-ins. Yeah, so there was a lot of these different One guys. One of that... the most underrated big men mm-hmm. offensively in the NBA. Yeah, so a lot of those guys ended up making a difference, and Giannis was obviously the biggest reason why with just a monumental performance, just how well-rounded he was. He was blocking shots. He was, he was shooting his free throws, like Ben was saying, 17 for 19 at the line, and he was passing from all different spots on the court, too. And again, he was not, he's not the greatest shooter in the world. We know that but he was making some big ones too and middle like Middleton was as well I mean it was insane watching how Chris Middleton really succeeded right because the year before people were questioning can he be another guy like second I guess not really a superstar 
but is he good enough to be the sidekick for Giannis? And everybody was questioning. I mean, you're talking about something that happened, I believe it was two years ago when the Bucks got eliminated. Giannis was so upset he and Milton were at the podium together, and Giannis just walked off in the middle of the podium in the middle of the in the post game, and Chris Milton looked very confused. Mm-hmm. Um go for, fast forward two years later, and you know, Jeff said it too. When you bring in a guy like a PJ Tucker to help add defense, um, what that's a move! Really a thing. Mm-hmm. What a, great, a move! Yeah, it was a great move to add bench depth. And you and remember they lost. What's his name? From um, he was playing well for them. Um, I believe he played at Divincenzo. Divincenzo. He played. Yeah, Dante Divincenzo. They lost him, and he was a huge cog. Um, in their um on their bench, he was a massive piece of their bench. And guy, wondering, yeah. oh goodness, is this going to be a huge issue because the bench depth is. Okay for them there, but losing Deepa Jensen was one of their best shooters. was a big problem. Fast forward, they replaced Eric Bledsoe with Drew Holiday. Yep. It's a massive upgrade. Huge I mean, it's a no-brainer. And go back to it. That game five, that steal that Bledsoe had, uh, that uh, excuse me, that Drew Holiday had on. I believe it was, I believe it was on it was Booker. It was Booker. Mm-hmm. It was on Devin Booker. He had that steal on, on Devin Booker. And by the way, give Brooke Lopez credit too. Brooke Lopez really was body to body the whole series with. Uh, DeAndre Aiden, who, if you saw in the past series, had the height advantage against a lot of these teams and everything like that. Um, did they they played Utah? If I'm not, did yep. they not Phoenix? Yes, no, 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 no. they avoided Eddie, Utah. What happened? No, they avoided Utah. They played okay, the Nuggets so and Clippers. Because so I, I would have said Gobert. The Clippers knocked off the. The yeah, Clippers knocked off, I believe, Utah. Utah. Yes, yep. you are correct. And that's the thing. Like, because Gobert would have been the best matchup for DeAndre Aiden. He hadn't faced a big man center like a Brooke Lopez. And the difference, too, was Lopez has actually a pretty good three point shooting game, an outside game as well. So, Aiden. Paul's right about this. Uh, Ex Nick, Bobby Portis. Yes. Played very Bobby well. Bobby Portis uh-huh. was good. He got all up in Paul's face yesterday, man. He didn't back down from anybody. And let me tell you something. Budenholzer gives that guy major minutes, and he earned it that whole series. He's he a really good – But kudos Portis, to the Bucks. Portis is a very long guy. He can play defense, and he can shoot. So and and you saw and you saw what he could do in especially in game 6 how he completely destroyed by and that, that was the difference between I believe the Bucks and Phoenix I think the Bucks bench was that much dominant than the the Phoenix Suns and they it proved the depth of the Bucks won them this series but Giannis proved to you why nobody could say that this guy is not a born winner Nobody could say that this guy didn't step up, even hurt at 80%. And he mm-hmm. was 80%. Right. Okay? So, fantastic. And everybody that says, well, Gian- you could stop. I was one of them. I'm going to take back everything I said about Giannis because he showed me the heart of a champion. And, and that's mm-hmm. what Michael Jordan says that very, very much. And that's why Kobe Bryant was great. And I, I am not a Kobe Bryant a fan. Everybody knows that. Uh, but what made Kobe special was his understanding to be great. In the big game. And when you can show up in the big game. And it doesn't matter how great you are in the regular season. It doesn't matter how great you are in the games that don't matter. It matters when it matters. And and Kobe Bryant was great at that. Michael Jordan was great at that. Even LeBron James. When it came down to the big game. LeBron James plays very well. When he needs to take the big block against the Golden State Warriors. The, the, the triple double in the game seven. The 42 back to back games. I mean, you have to – it was unbelievable. That's dominance, and, and, and that's what you need to do to be a cha- the heart of a champion. And uh, Giannis proved it on uh, uh, in game six yesterday. Uh, I think it was uh, July 20th, right? Yesterday was the 20th? Yep. 20th. Yes. So um, it, it was a fantastic series. It was fantastic to watch. 
Uh, he deserves all the credit in the world. And and that that team, uh, they have a lot of work to do next year because uh, it's not going to get any easier. Uh, the East is going to get more more depth. Uh, I, I think the 76ers are going to get better. Uh, obviously, if they trade Ben Simmons, they're going to get better. Um, I think the Knicks will get better. I, I think Miami will definitely get better. Yeah. Um, I You know Pat Riley is not going to sit back. The Brooklyn and, Nets are going to be 100% oh, healthy next absolutely. year. Absolutely. We Bro- think. but we Brooklyn is this, is – this is a make-or-break year next year for the Brooklyn Nets because if it isn't, Sean Marks is going to be looking for a new job. And, and let's be real. Let's be real here. Sorry to cut you off, Harold, but let's be realistic here. This is a team in the Nets that didn't have Kyrie. Basically, had nothing from James Harden. So took Milwaukee this the NBA champions to a game seven. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Imagine, and that's pretty much also with no bench depth or anything. Yep. It took them to a game seven. Imagine if they when they if they could get one of the two, they could just get a healthy Kyrie or a healthy James Harden. What they could do next year, they will. Milwaukee. The next year is their year. If the, yeah, if the Brooklyn I Nets, so. I think next year's when they win. I think win the whole thing. I it, 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 the best chance they have to win, but I just remember the Lakers will be better next year. Mm-hmm. They're not. Well, gonna, that's why I think yeah. I don't know. That's just my my. Take this was the their year. Thing. This was the year that it would have been the easiest way to the yeah. finals for them to win if they could have stayed healthy. Uh, the, the Lakers are going to be better. They're going to get either Russell Westbrook, Paul, Chris Paul, or Damian Lillard over I've there. I've already heard that they're already looking at a sign and trade with, for Russell Westbrook with like Kyle Kuzma and Tr- Anissa Schroeder. Could you imagine being involved? Could you imagine Russell Westbrook and LeBron James running up and down the court together? I with mean, Anthony Davis, by the way. Well, he's not going to be able to keep up with them. Anthony Davis, tally hold. The- <laughs> he's not, they're not going to be able to keep up with them. I, I mean, these two guys are as fast as anybody. They, Pretty, it would be a very interesting duo of personalities, though. I will say that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They're, they're two very drastically different types of types of dudes. So it would be very interesting to see how Frank Vogel can keep that hold together with those two. It's, it's, Davis it's, is just a chill guy. He's like, <laughs> I'll just go with the flow. I don't care. As far as Dame time is going, he claimed, you know, after our show, he spoke to the press and he claims that. Uh, he never said anything of the sort. I don't believe yeah, him. Yeah, okay. I don't believe anything <laughs> yeah, he said. I, I believe he has said something. Uh, he. How would anybody in the press say that he? there were two teams specifically that he would go to? How would they know that? Would they just make that up? And yeah. it wasn't just one person that said it. Okay? There was about three people, very big sources, that said it. So for him to say that it's not true... I, I think he's lying. Why are we going to get used to the fact that NBA players just do smoke screens all the time? Yeah. I, I don't <laughs> Between think their social medias, their Instagrams, their pictures, all that stuff. All they do is, all they do is say, all right, I'm going to go there. No, I never said that. <laughs> I don't think he believes that uh, this Portland Trailblazers team is, is going to win. I mean, look at the coaches they've had. They fired a very good coach. Yes. A very good coach. Uh, a coach that a lot of people thought was one of the coaches of the year. This year, I mean, fantastic! Wow, Portland got in. They played very well throughout the. And they could just can't get over the hump in the playoffs, thoughts, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. they fired yeah. him. I mean, he's going to get a job right away. Uh, he should. I mean, he's definitely going to get a job right away. Whoever fires their next coach, he's going to be definitely one of the main source guys that they're they're going to. I mean, are there even any more openings left? Not, not, not right now, not right now, but uh, something will open up. I mean, a lot of them have already been – the guys have – I think at this point, I mean, you would think whatever you've heard, you've heard of, right? Like Jason Kidd already got hired. Rick Carlisle got hired. What a bust that I think who's ever going to get fired already got 
hired. I mean, like Chauncey Billups got hired. So whoever is getting, I think it's done at this point. You would have a decision by now. I just said Chris Paul, but Jason Kidd. I mean, that's that's not going to last. Uh, okay. <laughs> by the way, who the, the coach that started with the Buck? Yeah, you see how they come a long way when they actually got a real coach. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you think Jason Kidd would have won a championship <laughs> with this team? Nope. No. Not even close. No. I, I and Jason Kidd was my favorite player growing up, and I'll be the first to tell you that's an absolute no, 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 no. No. I I think that it's going to be very interesting offseason. But like I said. Uh, give the Bucks a lot of credit. It's going to be a fun offseason for the New York teams, Brooklyn and the Knicks, because both te- the Knicks have the most money out of any team in, in the NBA to spend. They could do sign and trades. They could do so many different things this offseason uh, to really uh, solidify this team as a uh, championship, maybe next championship competitive team next year. Who knows? Carl says Ben would throw a better deep ball than Mitch Trubisky. Ben says bring back Nash and Shaq, big Shaqness to the Suns. Carl says Bobby Porter step up as well. Yeah, Portis was a big part of it too. Ben says everyone played their hearts out. Mm-hmm. Carl said Portis was solid with the Bulls when he got minutes, developed a solid three point shot. Ben says in quotes, drinking the tears of Suns fans. And Snug says, I think Chris Paul. <laughs> I, I guess Chris Paul isn't a top three point. Guard. Oh, he definitely is. Uh, anybody that doesn't think Chris Paul is a top three point guard of all time is is blind. Okay, this guy has nothing else. He needs to win a championship, yes. But besides that, this guy has nothing to prove. Nothing. He's been a top point guard in the NBA for almost fifteen years. But outside of Isaiah Thomas and Magic Johnson, who are the guys that are who's thought done of- it as long as him? No, I know that. Who are the guys that are thought of as the best point guard of all time that actually won a championship? There's not many of them for ten years. <laughs> For 10 years, Chris Paul was the best point guard in the NBA. Hands down, it wasn't even close. And the only person that people were talking about was Williams from Utah. Remember that? That was the only point guard that anybody thought was anywhere close to Chris Paul. 10 years of dominance. And then even after that, who's been a better two-way player than Chris Paul at his position? The answer is no one. No one. So for anybody to think that Chris Paul isn't a top three point guard of all time, well, I guess you haven't watched enough of Chris Paul to know who he is, okay? His State Farm commercials are a little boring, but all in all, the guy's a fantastic player. You can't take away from the greatness of who Chris Paul is. I feel bad for Chris. I really do because, uh, you know, Chris is going to take the brunt of it. He knows that. He said it. I know. I'm the leader of this team, and – uh, I'll take I'll take the hits. It's it's my fault just as much as anybody's, and uh, we just couldn't get over the hump. But it was a learning experience, and uh, we'll learn from this, and we'll come back next year. And that's what he said. Snug says, look at Chris Paul's finals numbers, and Isaiah Thomas were almost identical, but Isaiah won. And Ben says, Chris Chris Paul just falls short year after year. He gets a championship. It's definitely in talks for that top spot. He's a special player. Anybody that doesn't think Chris Paul is a special player, I don't know what the hell is wrong with you. And you need to grow grow a set of you-know-what kahunas and come to me and tell me to my face so I can smack the hell out of you. Plus, again, look at how complete he is for the the position, too. If you want to say Isaiah Thomas, you want to say John Stockton or Magic Johnson, argue those guys. They didn't do everything. Chris Paul could do everything. Now, granted, they... did Chris Paul have a healthy Clay Thompson, a Kevin Durant, and a Draymond Green, Defensive Player of the Year? Come on. Did he ever play with players that magnitude? Right. No. Okay? He played with a great a great player in Devin Booker. And he Devin... actually almost beat that team, if not for the injury. Yep. Devin Booker is a special player. He really is a good player. That's his first time in the playoffs. Okay? That's his first time. And, and, and DeAndre Ayton, I'll tell you again, I don't think the guy's a winner. I never did. And, and I, 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 I gave him some credit when he came out and said after he got, went to the finals, 
I just when teams figure out he needs a, he has a lot to prove for me to me to you know take my uh, my thoughts and 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 you know bury him because uh, Giannis did it and Giannis proved to me that he is a top player in this league and he can yeah. win he can win with anybody and he's special and he can take over a game and when you see that and you watch what he did it's just special it really is it was fun to watch Snug says that's ridiculous no one said he wasn't a special player he is but he's not top 3 mm-hmm. and then Devin Booker is a Trey Young Steph Curry scoring talent well he's more of a wing he's not more of a he's not as much of a point Trae guard Trey Young Steph Curry no yeah, he's a different type of player, Snug. He's more of a wing type, great shooter, uh, just as good of the range with that for sure. But in terms of he's a better, over- he's a better James Harden. Oh yeah, except except in Game Six, he looked like playoffs James Harden. He, he but, was he's yeah. a better he's a better James Harden. That's what he is. Yeah, uh, that that's the way I look at Devin Booker's game. He's he's great. He can get to the hole, draw fouls, shoot. Uh, but you, you know, I and he's he's a better defensive player. He's a very good defensive player. <laughs> it's not hard to be a better defensive player than he's James Harden. very good at his position defensively. Yeah, he actually has improved the last couple of years. He wasn't good when he came into the league, but yeah, he's definitely improved. Yes, Snug, we know they all shoot the lights out. That's mm-hmm. we're saying. I'm saying that Trey Young and Steph Curry are a point guard. Devin Booker's not a point guard. There's, that's the only difference. But like Errol's saying too, Devin Booker's a much better defender than those guys too. Trey Young's terrible, and Steph Curry's terrible defensively. When we come back, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to get into some NFL conversation. We're going to talk about Aaron Rodgers. Where does Aaron Rodgers go? Where do the Green Bay Packers go at the quarterback position? Are they settled in with their young quarterback? Or do they look for somebody in free agency or trade talks? It's going to be very intriguing and very interesting. Are the Oakland Raiders the leads to get a guy like Aaron Rodgers? Or is it the Broncos? Uh, I think it could very much swing to Oakland. I'm going to tell you why when we come back here on the Sports Lab Mouths. It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is the Sports Loudmouths. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Sports Loudmouths. I'm your host, Daryl Marks. My co-host, Speedy Petey. And Joshua, a.k.a. McGiller. How do you like that, Silverbird? I know you like that better than Little J. Remember, kill us on our show every single Wednesday and Thursday at 9 p.m. You can call us at 631-965-4990. You can download our app on iOS, WWSRN, or Android Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You like that, right, McGilla? Much better. That's for sure. <laughs> Much better. It's not even close. That's what... That's what I'm talking about, standing. Oh. Way to come up big, buddy. Oh, okay. Love it. By the way, the Yankees are playing better baseball. They are. I like it. Listen, listen, I need the Yankees to win today. I need the Yankees to win tomorrow. Let's kick ass. They're, Take they're, playing, they're playing good baseball. Uh, Beat the I, Phillies. I, they're four games out of a, a wild card spot, which is, you know, that's where the Yankees want to be. Uh, the question is, I was telling Speedy, it, this team, the way it's built right now, they're not a playoff team. They're just not. Yeah. I, I. They have a lot of flaws. They have a lot of flaws. They're starting yeah. pitching. Now, Kluber's coming back, and they're hearing Savarino's coming back. If that is true, and they come back before the trade deadline, and they add that punch to that, that starting pitching, who knows? The Yankees could get very hot and, and, and win, you know, 10 games in a trade row. Trade deadline's going to be a lot of fun next week. Oh, yeah. Uh, the question is, awesome. when Aaron, Rod- Aaron Rodgers, Aaron, uh, Aaron Judge comes back. And we'll Aaron talk Judge. To- when, when Judge comes back, and we'll talk a little baseball next segment, uh, but 
Uh, it's just going to be very interesting what Brian Cashman is going to do at the trade deadline. Is he going to be a seller or is he going to be a buyer? I think he should be a seller. Um, I think the Yankees, even even if you add two or three really great players, is that is this team still uh, ready to win now? And I, I don't know if they are, but I've seen crazier things. And if you get Corey Kluber back and he's healthy and he can pitch uh, like he did before he got hurt and you bring in Savarino, I mean, this team could be very, That's very good. That's what I'm talking about, Rubnid. Carl oh, said, oh, they're facing Naries. That's okay. That's easy. That's that's child's play. By, by the way, who are half these players on the Yankees? <laughs> Rugged Odor. You don't know Odor. Yes, I know he's a second baseman. <laughs> I, I just, I just, these players. I mean, who are they? I mean, are they going to be the guy the who punched Jose Batista? Well, I remember that. <laughs> that's pretty much all you need to know. I remember yeah, that. Yeah, that he thinks. Yes, but anyways, uh, very, and I don't like that headband. By the way, he's got a weird <laughs> shaped head. He looks like it looks like an egghead with, with, with you know with big ears hanging from you know just uh, look at those ears. I mean, they just stick out like a th- sore thumb. Anyway, he gets a little bigger. He might be a conehead. Could be. Um, Carl, I wanna... says, Carl says. By the way, the Yanks should trade with the Cubs and rent a Cub for the stretch run. <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah, uh, the, the Cubs are the ones dictating. In the trade market, <laughs> they got they everybody are. for sale. They are Man, I, the Cubs, the Pirates, Washington too. Washington is sellers. I don't know what. See, that's the funny thing is that it's weird. Every time I read something, Washington's going to be buyers. By the way, trade for pieces. The problem is they have the 30th ranked farm system in baseball. Who mm-hmm. who are they trading? By the way, I want to give it, has no value at this. point. I want to give a shout out to Fernando Tatis um, on what he did when he heard the gunshots. Um, at Washington, in Washington, um, fantastic. Uh, I, I take shots at Fernando Tatis because I thought he was overpaid, especially when he didn't prove anything, hasn't done anything. This year has been a fantastic year for him. He deserves every uh, source of credit for what he has done. But uh, what he did at the ball game, trying to get people into safety over there in a the dugout, fantastic, fantastic to watch. So shout out to Fernando Tatis and some of the other players. Um, fantastic. Really and fantastic. yes, Lyle, he was the best shortstop in that game. <laughs> but I want to get into some football. And um, Aaron Rodgers is the talk of the NFL right now. He really is. Uh, stories coming out last week that the Green Bay Packers in the offseason offered him a two-year a two-year extension worth about between 50 and $55 million, which would have made him the highest-paid quarterback in the NFL for the next two years. He turned it down. Now, a lot of Green Bay Packer fans still believe that Aaron Rodgers will be the quarterback of this team uh, when the season starts. Boy, oh boy, are you gonna, you guys going to be surprised? I, I just, I look at Aaron Rodgers right now. I, I think this has nothing to do with money. I think this has everything to do with understanding that he makes the decisions on what he wants to do, and that if the team thinks that they're controlling him and what he wants to do in the future with this organization, with another football team, or being the host of Jeopardy, he's saying that they have no control over me. I've made my money. I can retire now and be very, very happy. And what I'm watching right now is finally a player standing up, even though he's controlling, he's controlling everything that's going on with Green Bay and what Green Bay needs to do uh, because they don't know if Love's the guy and they, they don't know who, who's even the backup of this team. So, uh, you know, Teddy Bridgewater is sitting over there. Um, oh, where did he go? Uh, I'm sorry, Broncos. Broncos. Yep. I Broncos. mean, the, the Broncos have something. They have a trade piece. Uh, maybe trading Teddy Bridgewater or a lock uh, and, and all these picks to, you know, to Green Bay for an Aaron Rodgers. That would make a lot of sense. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I'm honestly, I believe 
there is a very good chance that Aaron Rodgers could be traded to the Vegas uh, Raiders. And I'll, I'll tell you why. First of all, him and John Gruden have a very good relationship. The, the, these are two people that have a lot of respect for one another. John Gruden has respected Aaron Rodgers' game more than any uh, coach in, in the NFL. Even as an analyst, he, he just absolutely was enamored by his greatness. And um, I, I just – there's something that tells me the best trade possible for Aaron Rodgers is sending Derek Carr and a couple of first-round draft picks and maybe a second or third to the Green Bay Packers to send Aaron Rodgers to the Vegas uh, Raiders. Now, does that make the Raiders a championship competitive team? I wouldn't say championship, but they're going to be very dangerous, even with the defense uh, lows that they have on their secondary. Um, I I think that can make them absolutely contender. It'll make Ruggs a better player, Uh, a guy that they drafted – uh, before uh, C.D. Lamb. before everyone else that was good. <laughs> yes. uh, I mean, Jefferson and all the other guys that we saw in the first round, he was drafted before all of them. Uh, so Even some of the guys in the second round play better than him. <laughs> uh, so it, it could make Ruggs a better player. It, it can make, uh, obviously, have the best tight end in football. I, I believe offensively tight end in football. So underrated. Yeah. So uh, I, I think this can make them absolutely a dangerous team offensively. But is it going to get them over the hump? I, I, we were talking about the Broncos, but right now the Broncos are a quarterback away. But are they willing to trade away picks and, and possibly maybe a starter or two to land Aaron I don't know if they're willing to do that. I think they're right there. Now, Aaron Rodgers definitely puts them over the hump. I think Aaron Rodgers makes them a Super Bowl contender. But mm-hmm. I, I, it's so interesting. It really is. I, I think there's a better chance that he goes to Vegas. It's closer to home. He lives over there in L.A. He, he, just, he, he bought a home over there. I, I forget where it was. Uh, it, it's somewhere in L.A. on the outskirts of L.A. Um, it was $25 million house, a $26 million house. He's closer to his future wife, his fiance. So um, I, I really believe he wants to get as close as possible to his home, which is over there in California. Uh, what are you guys' thoughts? Uh, I, I just I think there's a very good chance. Uh, Vegas is definitely not out of the, the loop now for Aaron Rodgers. I think it makes a lot of sense. Derek Carr involved in a trade. Derek Carr is a top seven, top eight quarterback in his league. Aaron Rodgers could be the number one. And, and you give up two first rounds, maybe a second and a third, uh, that could get the deal done. It could absolutely get the deal done. Sam says he's gonna he's going to play for Green Bay and go to free agency next year to pick his location just like Brady did. That's he could still do theory. that next year. Yeah, that's an interesting theory, Sam. And Ben says if he gets traded, they need to send him somewhere. The Packers won't play for a full a few seasons. They should have learned their lesson after trading far. If he swept them the first year with the Vikings, Oakland. And Sunk says, "Welcome back, Sam. Welcome back." Yeah, and and Ben, you bring up a good point with the with that because the Broncos and the Raiders are both AFC. Yeah. They only come out every four years. I think it's th- uh, three years from now would be the f- the first time. They would play unless they meet in the Super Bowl. But in terms of the Packers aren't going to go to the Super Bowl anytime soon if they trade Aaron Rodgers. So that's probably not going to happen unless they somehow land Deshaun Watson or something like that. But going back to that, the Raiders are interesting for the purpose of because Derek Carr is in the mix and him being a top 10 quarterback, yes. they were, they're not going to have to trade other players on their roster like the Broncos no. might have to. Now, I think the Broncos as a team are better than the Raiders are right Absolutely. now. Absolutely. But in terms of that, that might be a leverage point where they don't have to trade as many draft picks. They don't draft well as it is. So might as well throw them all away as it is. They are the weirdest drafters every year. But 
you might have to give up the three first round picks of the Broncos would. You might only give have to give up two, two and maybe another yes. players or maybe other like day four. Day I three think picks. I think we'll get it done. Uh, Derek Carr, two first rounds, maybe a second and a fourth. I think that would get it done for Aaron Rodgers. Maybe you wouldn't even have to give that. A Derek Carr, two first, a third and a fourth. I, I think that could happen. Or a third like and a fifth. Right. Yeah. I don't even think they would have to give up the two first because you're still oh, definitely. Get Oh, definitely. Essentially a top 10 quarterback, though. Here's the thing, though, Josh. Derek Carr is also injury-prone, too, so you do have to worry about that. It's Aaron Rodgers. He won an MVP. He's the best quarterback in the NFL. In my eyes, eyes. I I agree with Sam on this one. I think it's a matter of, I think you just let him play it out, and if he doesn't finish, then he does what Brady did. He picks his location next year. I think that's just the right. You still do that. Trade him. Get something for him. You're going to just let him walk? That's so stupid. I agree with you on that one. The only thing is, I I think the Packers are just going to hold out. Dumb. They're very dumb. That's a dumb move for them. This could solidify this team. Absolutely solidify this team in the future. If Love isn't the guy, you bring Derek Carr, you've got a quarterback now that you could depend on, and now you get, you, you get two first-round draft picks. You could bring in pieces to help this team really start to become a contender. It doesn't make any sense. Green Bay is very dumb. If they don't, if they're if they're going to hold on to hope that Aaron Rodgers is going to come back, boy, oh, boy, are they going <laughs> to be surprised because he's not. He's not going to play this year. He'll sit out the whole season. So, I, I, and, and he'll, he'll be the host of Jeopardy. Right. And again, um, the other leverage point with both the Broncos and the Raiders, if the Raiders, you get Derek Carr, who's still young. He's still more than a capable enough quarterback, top 10 quarterback when he's healthy. So you're already solving that problem. We, we, we say all the time, all right, the, you're not, he's not Aaron Rodgers, obviously, but you're, if Rodgers is gone, they have to start Jordan Love. They're not competitive at all. At least with, the, with Derek Carr, if, you, if that's the trade you get, they could still be a competitive team. They might, they're not going to be a Super Bowl team, but they'll win the division. They could win the division with Derek Carr as their quarterback. And the same thing with the Broncos. If they end up getting players on their roster, a lot of the Broncos' strengths are the Packers' biggest weaknesses, too. So they could get some linebacker help receivers that they don't have because the Broncos have a lot of good young receivers. Right. So there's a lot of leverage points with both those teams that the Packers have to take advantage of right now. I think the Broncos have a little more for them to work with. But again, if they want the quarterback right away with Derek Carr, who's still on what was a big contract at the time, mm-hmm. but now looking a little more manageable, that's not so not so bad for they can rebuild the rest of their team. And again, maybe they end up getting some other pieces to go with it, too. Maybe guys on their roster and that is going to be a big point. And like Ben was saying, because it's in, in the AFC, you're not going to have to worry about facing him if, you're, if that's what you're worried about. I Like I said, I think if you're the Packers at this point, you're in a tough scenario, right? Because on the one hand, you're thinking you're holding out hope that this guy does show up and everything like that. On the other hand, if you give this guy away, you have to make sure the value that you're getting back is you're assured of course. what you're getting. And the problem is, if they trade him to, say, the Broncos or the Raiders, those – Yes, they're first-round picks, but those are going to be very, very late first-round picks. You know I what think I mean? most teams are going. It, to it matters to the picks. to the point because the thing is, like, at least wait, like, and everybody brings up the Jamal Adams trade, but the, the thing is, Jamal Adams was a safety. You already got the value back with those two first. Look round what picks. this. Well, look what the Jets did with Seattle's pick. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Elijah listen, like, Barrett if, you, if you want to trade up, <laughs> if you want to trade up, it, it's a it's a great idea. If you want to trade up, that's totally fine. Um, I think they should. I I I think they're going to hold out to see what happens. Is it a mistake? It might be, but you know, like I said, maybe Rogers kind of hopes I take a year off in football, relax, do my Jeopardy thing, and then next year I could pick where I want to go next year. Mm-hmm. Maybe that might be another reason why a lot of teams don't maybe want to trade for him. I think Oakland would like be going to sign with them Oakland would be the perfect fit and a perfect trade partner for a team 
uh, like the Green Bay Packers. They can get the quarterback. They can make sure that even if they don't think Love's the guy. And a lot of people think that Love isn't the guy. Uh, I've been reading a couple of um, different uh, magazines and, and stuff that, you know, different articles that I've read. A lot of people just don't feel that Love is the guy yet. Maybe he will be in the future, but... As of right now, he's not. And if you're going to start the season with a running back that you overpaid and a wide receiver that a disgruntled wide receiver that doesn't want to be there, I mean, you're hearing that Derek Carr is trying to talk him into going to Oakland when he could be going to Green Bay. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. I mean, it makes a lot of sense where where Derek Carr could go. He could actually, go. actually, that might be another reason to try to trade with the Raiders. You might even be able to get him on a discount in that case if, if Derek Carr is already saying this about Devontae Adams. Yeah, so and they're very good friends. Him and Derek Carr right. are very, very good friends. So I, I think it's a great trade partner. It makes a lot of sense. The question is, uh, will they do it? And, and, and that, that's the Green Bay Packers. And if Green Bay don't do it, it's stupid. It really is a dumb move by them because this organization uh, who has been prideful all these years of keeping their own players, really not bringing in free agents. They're not known as an organization that does that. They draft somewhat good uh, some years. And Depends on the position. Yeah, um, this is an organization that is not owned by anybody but the fans. And it, it's a crazy it's, – it's just a crazy organization and a winning organization. And they pride themselves with great quarterbacks. Um, this could be – a, a, a time where it could be years for them to find a quarterback that's going to be an Aaron Rodgers, a.k.a. Brett Favre-like quarterback. I, I mean, every single 20 years they get a quarterback, a great quarterback, and, and they're, they've been known to find that guy. I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know if Love's the guy, and if Love isn't, Derek Carr would be a great piece mm-hmm. to build your team around. So. Snug, Stupid. Snug says Aaron Rodgers to the Chargers for Stan Humphreys. Ben Whoa, says, yep, AFC would make sense. Sam says Green Bay is not trading him, and they made that clear. It's also getting late into the summer for a trade so to make sense for another team unless he's traded this coming week. Ben says if it happens, they need to do it now. If not, there's no point in doing it this close to the season. Ben says chasing away back-to-back Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Snug says, who said, who knew that Aaron Rodgers was so good at trivia? I heard he makes up his own questions. Uh, Clarence says, what's up, fellas? Mm. With his Giannis profile picture now. Mm. Uh, Snug says, uh, you're Brittany now in the comments section mm. <laughs> and welcoming her in. Ben says, Rodgers to the Jets to make Errol's year. <laughs> no, I, I don't want Aaron Rodgers because I want I want a continuance uh, greatness. The Jets aren't close to winning no. Aaron Rodgers when he makes And I, I don't. Yes, he would. You put Aaron Rodgers on that team. Are no. you kidding me? Oh, absolutely. Would it make sense? I, if you put Aaron Rodgers on the Jets right now, they're not a Super Bowl contender. Come on, man. No, absolutely. So. The Jets aren't going to do it. Joe, Joe 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 Douglas wants to go young. It's a move point anyway because it's not going to be. He's even not doing it. But does Aaron Rodgers make the Jets a Super Bowl contender in their division? Absolutely. Absolutely. Jeff. What the tell the players that they have? Jeff Jeff asks, "Is the beef with you?" But he's not going to the Jets, and I don't, no. I, I don't, I, I never thought that was ever going to happen. Sam says, "You're assuming the rare, you're you're assuming the Packers want Derek Carr. Green Bay didn't spend a high draft pick on this guy and upset Rodgers in in the making to pass on Love before he even seeing him play." Not happening. Carr's not that kind of difference maker. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Jeff says, "When Rodgers leaves, hold on, Sam. Hold on before you before you finish up with this." Sam, if you don't think Derek Carr could be a championship quarterback when he has been a top eight quarterback in the NFL 
really for the last three years, even with his injury when he came back. And by the way, he was going, people thought he was an MVP candidate before he hurt his leg, if mm-hmm. you remember. He was probably, okay. he was the runner up that year, in my opinion. He was yeah. fantastic, uh-huh. okay? For you to think that he's not a difference maker, boy, oh boy, you need to open up your damn eyes and wake up. This guy can play, this guy's got game, okay? And you put him with Devontae Adams with that team, uh, I absolutely believe Derek Carr could win with that team. I don't think he's Aaron Rodgers good. No, who is? No. Who is? Maybe three quarterbacks in this league that can compete with Aaron Rodgers. Besides that, nobody. Derek Carr is an elite. He is a. He's right under the elite, the tier right. twos. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, he's in the beginning of the tier twos. Right. He's he's the the best half of that of that top tier group, that second tier group, or. Again, you anywhere depending on the year, probably ranked eighth to twelfth or something like that in terms of an overall quarterback. Seventh, eighth, yeah, that's where he something is. in that something in that range depending on his, on his best years. You second in MVP twenty sixteen. He didn't get to play in the playoffs obviously because he got hurt. He's one of the best fourth quarter quarterbacks in the league. He's done it with a lot of random talent, talent that has been overpaid, talent has been old. Errol and I brought up Darren Waller earlier. Darren Waller was an undrafted guy with the Ravens that wasn't getting anywhere. Now he's, he's a drug addict, and now yeah, now he's a top three tight end. And and I wonder people, why a lot of people think the best. So again, he's he's on through a lot it was of just different obstacles. Of, is it all about Darren Waller, or was it Derek Carr helping him right. become that player? Exactly. So again, he's overcome a lot of different things, a, a lot of bad front office. It's a lot decisions. better than his brother, that's for sure. Well, yeah, of course. But Derek Carr would make that team a consistent playoff team. Their division isn't that good. Uh, again, the Packers. Again, if they unless they have to get trade of other more to get other players, they're going to still have a pretty good roster. Their roster's not terrible to begin with. It's not great, but it's not terrible to begin with. So Derek Carr is on that team. They can still win the division. Are they a Super Bowl contender? No. Who knows? But, Who knows? You, you just don't know. Right. Uh, did Joe Flacco went to the Super Bowl and won a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Why can't Derek Carr? Derek Carr's a better player than Joe Flacco ever was. Right. Okay? He is. He, he, he has a great inside and outside of the pocket. He can make every single throw. He's got a great arm. One of the best arms in the NFL. I mean, how could anybody say he's not a difference maker? He's an absolute difference maker. Right. And Carr, the only risk is just the injury because he's had a couple of big injuries. He's just not Aaron Rodgers. But again, who is? So, <laughs> I mean, it might be there might be three guys that you – Tom Brady, uh, Pat Mahomes – and maybe Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson. Right. Those are the only and, – and, and really, the only guy that I could say is even close to him all-around game is Pat Mahomes. I mean, Deshaun Watson and Pat Mahomes. Those are the only two guys that could do the things that he can do. And, and you're going to say Russell Wilson, but Russell Wilson, he's a smaller guy. He doesn't have the, uh, the on-end ability to make things happen inside. He, outside of the pocket does. Um, but when Aaron Rodgers runs, he can run between the hashes. Russell Wilson's too small to do that. Ben says, back-to-back Hall of Fame quarterbacks and only two Super Bowls. We've been so upset with the management as Packer fans, which you should be. I'm just saying. Kyler Murray's not He's not ready to be He's not that yet. Considered he, that. He, he, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, ben, he's still not as bad as some of the other teams in the league, though. Jeff says, Be- uh, Jeff Bezos spent more time in space than the Jets spent in the playoffs sure. the last 10 years. He's right, yeah. Snug says, well, of course, Dak Prescott is a rog good, whatever that means. Okay, <laughs> drugs are good. Sam says, no one says car isn't good. And but why Gre- are the Jets being brought up into this conversation? Really, seriously, we're not even talking about them. 
Uh, Sam says, nobody says the car isn't good, but Green Bay likes Jordan Love. It's not happening. Car is just fine. Snug says the Packers are in a quarterback arms race with the Vikings with Cousins. Ben says, Snug, I'm, I'm a better quarterback than Cousins. He's probably right. No, I'm just kidding. I like Kirk Cousins. <laughs> yeah, He's I was going to say, you've defended Kirk Cousins. I like Kirk as Cousins. As far as I've known He's on, you the, on this network. He's on the wrong team. Uh, I, I, if you, you put Kirk Cousins on San Francisco, forget it. If San Francisco somehow plies, and, and I'll tell you this right now, Kirk Cousins, he's a free agent after next year. Mm-hmm. Guarantee you he goes to the San Francisco 49ers. Guarantee it. Even with Trey Lance there? Yeah, Trey Lance is not ready. They say he's two, three years away. He's not. And Jimmy Garoppolo's gone after this year. He's gone. If he's not gone, if Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers is not going to San Francisco. I believe Kirk Cousins will be a San Francisco 49er next year. I, I do believe. And he's older, too, Josh. So it'll probably only be like a two-year deal or something One year, like two so years. One, one two-year deal is fun. Yeah, year to year. Uh, I, I, obviously, Trey Lance is not ready. They said Trey Lance is two, three years away. He's not starting. And everybody knows that. Nobody's blind to see that. He's not ready. Remember, he missed a whole year of college football. He's so behind all the other quarterbacks. And he plays, in, he plays on the most loaded team consistently year to year in the FCS. So he had a lot of talent to work with, too. Yeah, so, so much. So I, I think it's going to be very, very interesting. But all in all, I, I think Aaron Rodgers needs to be traded. I think Green Bay needs to make a move, and they need to start deciding the, the fate of this organization and where this organization is going. And I, I just, if you hold on to Aaron Rodgers, this could set your team back for another five, six, seven, eight years. And, and that's saying a lot from an organization that's been dominant, really, for the last 25, 30 years. They've been dominant. And, and it's just, it's sad the way this team is going. But that fire the GM if you want Aaron Rodgers to stay. That's, that's the way to go. Ben says Rodgers won't go to San Francisco. It'll be someone else taking over for Jimmy G before Trey Lance. We were saying Kirk Cousins to San Francisco. Yeah, that's what I think. Kirk which Cousins. is more likely because yeah. he's a free agent at the end of the year. The, the 49ers don't have first-round picks to trade for Aaron Rodgers right he now. He signed a two-year extension last year. Okay? Uh, uh, no, the year before that. Right. He signed a two-year extension. Uh, last year was the first. This year is his second. Mm-hmm. He is done after this year. So... He will be a free agent, and I wouldn't be surprised if Kyle Shanahan brings Kirk Cousins to that organization. It makes a lot of sense. It really does. Sam says Trey Lance is the guy in San Francisco for years to come. Yes, but again, he's still more of that project type where I, I doubt they he'll be ready. They say three years away. Right. I doubt he'll be ready to be confidently saying, all right, He's going to be great right away. If he has one of the stretches like Garoppolo had when he first came to the 49ers in that second half of the season, yeah, okay, that's different. But I don't think anyone's expecting him to come in and start 12 games and be great right away. All right, so Sam says there's no way the 49ers are signing Kirk freaking Cousins. I'll tell you what, Sam. I'll make you a bet on that. That's something that I will absolutely – whatever you want to bet on that, I'm willing to put it in the pot. Everybody can hear it. We'll write it down. I'll put $100, I'll put $1,000 on it. If Kirk Cousins becomes a free agent, that's where he's going. I, I, I'm, I, you can bank that. You can put it, staple it, do whatever. You can mail it to yourself. I guarantee you. Trey Lance is not ready. He's not starting for the next two years. It makes a lot of sense. Kirk Cousins would fit like a glove in that offense. He knows the offense from top to bottom. Who do you think drafted him? Who do you think was involved with drafting him? Kirk Cousins. Go look at his numbers when Kyle Shanahan was over there. Go look at the numbers. Kyle Shanahan's been trying to get him for years to go to San Francisco. 
You don't think he's going to go there when he's a free agent? Remember also, Kirk Cousins had those Come numbers on. in a role that was very unexpected because RG3 was hurt all the time. So he wasn't always taking first team reps. No. He wasn't getting all the same chemistry. And Kyle Shanahan was only with him that one season when Cousins was stepping he in 2014. Kirk Cousins. And then Kirk Cousins, remember his first year as a starter full time, he did well in that season even without Kyle Shanahan too. So he's done it without these these uh, these offensive type Evan, coaches. By the way, by the 2015 way, he left for Atlanta. Evan, by the way, I'm, I'm keeping tab on my bets, and uh, I'm I'm very confident about most of the bets that I've made. So um, I'm I'm pretty sure about uh, this bet, and I'm sure uh, all the bets that I made with you, I'm pretty sure about too. So no one right. wants to have an Errol bet tracker <laughs> because he's only interested in being men in drag. <laughs> I love you, Jeff. You moron. <laughs> It's not to answer your early, earlier comments about the turkey dinner. Uh, yeah, if you want to wait three years to get it. <laughs> Before we go off this, what are uh, and Josh, I want to know your opinion on this. Um, the whole Zach Wilson taking his wide receivers down to Florida and working out with them, and uh, some of the corners went down there to work out with them. Uh, we didn't see Sam do that. As a matter of fact, last year, uh, Sam was working out with Julio Jones and a bunch of elite players in in L.A., he really didn't train with the players, you know. It, I remember watching Sam Darnold work out on the beach with, with Josh Allen and Mark Sanchez as the coach. <laughs> and I said, seriously, this is what we're going with? We're working on, on our footwork in the sand to, to, to see where he goes, and it was ridiculous. I, uh, But I think it's awesome. I think it's shown that he's taking this very seriously. Look, we can and, – and look. We all mock Mark Sanchez and everything like that. Listen, Mark Sanchez, when he got drafted by the Jets, he brought every he brought everybody down to California. He worked out with his wide receivers and everything like that. Uh, not saying that Mark Sanchez is a good player because he, he he was not. He was a really bad player. By the way, I hate Aaron Boone so much. But but besides that, what um, happened? Did, did, did Tyler possess your body or something? He's a, he's a, he's a, he's a, no, he's a jackass. Like I mean, you literally take Zach Brain out for a guy with the faces old that has a ten year array. Are you stupid? I mean, it's. It, but my point is this. Um, I think it's – listen, it helps with chemistry. I think it helps getting intact with your wide receivers. These are all new weapons for Zach. He's never thrown to any of these guys before, so he wants to gain some confidence with these guys, get a repertoire with them, and see where it lands. And I think for him to do this, it shows leadership. I, I agree with you. Sam never did this. And it's weird because everybody talked about his leadership skills, <clears throat> but he never did stuff like this. So I think it's really a good positive – thing for him and for the Jets moving forward. So, uh, Sam says, <clears throat> no, he will not, unless he's comfortable being a backup shortly after signing. He's 32, and, and the, when's the last 32, time? 32, he's at the prime of his career, 32. Oh, we're back to this again. Okay. He's 32. He's, uh, 32 is a prime number. It's a prime of his career. You're going to tell me Kirk Cousins' career is over? He's been a top 10, 10 top 11 quarterback in the NFL. You're going to tell me that his career is over because he's 32? <laughs> Aaron Rodgers is 37. Okay. Sam, his worst year in probably 2018, his first year with the Vikings as a starter, he was probably still a average at wor- uh, worst quarterback. So he's he's fine and he's durable. He's good. Again, he's helped out by some receivers. Okay, but again, he's still a capable starting quarterback. He had 4,265 yards, 35 touchdowns in, in 13 interceptions. That's bad. And he's seven and nine, not because of him. Look, his completion percentage was sixty-seven point six, was amongst the top five in the league. You're going to tell me Kirk Cousin isn't isn't a top quarterback? Thirty-five and thirteen. Aaron Boone, man, his mother. 
Minnesota's also one of those teams that's always their good one year, bad the next. So judge record accordingly and don't blame it all on Kirk Cousins. Their defense was in it. They lost, what, four players last year? Daniil Hunter was hurt most of the year. That defense was awful. The offense was very good for the Vikings. They were consistently above average, borderline top 10 most of the year. And was Kirk Cousins the only reason? No, but he certainly was a reason. A wild pitch. That was a wild pitch, and that you know, Gary Sanchez, Gary Sanchez needs to figure out how to stop those. That's you should have brought this guy in the first place, jackass. Now Gary Sanchez just got hit in the balls. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't even have any balls. It matter. <laughs> I was probably hoping Aaron Boone does. What that are you too. guys? What, what are you guys' thoughts now? By the way, what are you guys' thoughts with uh, the Cowboys? What are your thoughts with uh, Hard Knocks and 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 Dallas? First, you, Speedy. Uh, the craziest team gets the gets the craziest show. They get the popularity. It doesn't surprise me. I mean, the Cowboys on Hard Knocks, they have all of these storylines every year, no matter how good or how awful their defense is. And they're always going to be a popular team, so that doesn't surprise me. They have a lot of definitely some crazy personalities, starting with their owner, who uh, he always does weird things. So it doesn't surprise me. Definitely a lot of storylines for a team that is popular but mediocre. <laughs> how about you, Joshua? Maybe he'll dance uh, naked in his uh, office again with a bunch of random girls. That would make it fascinating, right? Because he did that once before and got caught on on film with that. Um, no, listen, if you're going to take a team that's going to really be a fascinating group, why not take this team after what happened last year, right? As dysfunctional as it got. I mean, they literally fired a defensive coordinator after one year at Mike Nolan. And that was the only reason why he got the job is because Mike McCarthy did him a favor because McCarthy was hired by him in San Francisco. So it was returning the favor and – to me, I think when you look, uh, to, I, I like a lot of what Hard Knocks does sometimes, and Love at times it. Right, I think Love it's just it. so. I think it's, it's great show. So stupid at times, I think like they overbear things. Really, and I think it's awesome. To be, but to be fair though, like ninety percent of the show is about guys that like don't even make the team. Well, they, right? yeah, they look like, for storylines. They look but for storylines and how they got they, do, they got but, there. I mean, and... That's the point. Like, it's like, like I Parsons see... is going to be fun to watch. By the way, I watched something on YouTube, an hour and a half show on YouTube where it followed Michael Par- I mean, Par- Micah Parsons, Pitts, uh, J.C. Horn, and Justin Fields. They all have the same agent, and they all trained together in L.A. Uh, over the before they were drafted. And Micah Parsons, I learned a lot about Micah Parsons. And everybody said that Micah Parsons, a head case, that guy – is so competitive. He is so com- – do you know he made a bet with Justin Fields that uh, he said that he was going to run the 40 better than Justin Fields? And not only did he destroy Justin Fields, he ran in a 4-4 Justin Fields. He ran in a 3-9, okay? Uh, 4-3. 4-3, I'm sorry. Four, was it 4-3? Yeah, I think Fields was 4-4-2 four, 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 yes. or something like that, and Parsons was 4-3-9, yeah. Was it 4-3-9? I, I, I don't I don't know, but it, he ran it a, a lot better than Justin Fields, and um, I, I I will say this, uh, Micah Parsons. For everybody to say that this guy comes from a bad family and stuff like that, his father is level headed. He comes from a level level headed family. He has a son uh, that he's been raising practically. Uh, you know, he has a, he has a girlfriend or whatever she is, but uh, he's been raising his son. Uh, this man is as level-headed as a player could be. Now, 
I don't know how good he's going to be. Uh, you know, I heard that I'm watching it. Him and Kyle Pitts played in high school. They played in the championship game, and Kyle mm. Pitts completely outplayed him. Uh, remember, Michael Parsons was a running back slash defensive lineman when he was coming from high school. He became a dominant defensive lineman when he went to Penn State. Um, I think not only do I think this guy is going to be successful, he is so competitive. Even with J.C. Horn, they would go bowling with each other, and he they would put him on the worst teams, and he still win. You know, I mean, he is so competitive. He doesn't like to lose. Those are the guys that you want on your team. Guys that are they'll challenge themselves and challenge your team. Jamal Adams was very good at that. The problem with Jamal Adams was he didn't shut up. Uh, Michael Micah Parsons, he doesn't shut up, but he puts up. He 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 doesn't let anybody beat him in anything. When he when he's swimming, when he's when he's out there on the field, when he's bowling, when he's do, when he's playing pool, whatever he's doing, ping pong, he he always finds a way. And by the way, Parsons will not be a bust. I I don't think he's uh, going to be a bust. I think he's going to be a fantastic player on the Cowboys. I think he's going to be very fun to watch. I really do. I I think he's a family man. I think people don't know what who he really is, or really don't know the inside of who he is as a person. He's very dedicated to his family. He's very dedicated to the work. And he wants to be the best. And he always wanted to be drafted by the Dallas Cowboys. His parents were raised. His parents were big Cowboy fans. And uh, he always said that if there was a team that he wanted to be drafted, he wanted to be a Cowboy. So he has his chance. And he has a chance to be the leader of that defense. I think a lot of people were questioning the draft pick, not really because of him. Fantastic, because of the, fantastic talent. I think Absolutely. it was more. I think it was more of the need, a positional need more than it was. It was actually they drafted Parsons as a value pick because Parsons as a value pick was thought of it to be right drafted right in that range. Some people said he was the best defensive player in the draft. Yep, uh, Snug says. Snug says. Sanchez set the bar impossibly high with the butt fumble. Mark Sanchez was the man, favorite Jets quarterback ever. Jeff says the Jets in the playoffs are like Bigfoot. Everybody thinks the idea is yeah. possible, but who's Again really going to see it? Uh, Could you shut up? Ben says uh, Broadway Joe would like a word with you. Uh, Sam says Dallas sucks. That's all. Jeff says, can we get yep. Josh Brent to drive the Cowboys team bus? Snuck says Cowboys on hard knocks mean the, means that the beef alone triples the sales of Vaseline on Long Island. Micah Parsons, mostly most likely Cowboy to be arrested. You know all about the Vaseline, buddy. <laughs> uh, Brett says bang and three-pointer John Starks. Whatever that means. <laughs> you must be watching some old Knicks game. I don't know whatever he's doing. Brett. I mean, Brett. where does John Starks get into any of this conversation? <laughs> that is a very, very not correlation thing whatsoever. Oh, uh, He did it at work today. He was doing something with Mike Green today at work. I'm, I'm a little lost with you, Brett. I'm a little lost, but... Uh, it's almost to correlate with what we're doing with the show, John. No, not at all. But <laughs> Brett, um, interested to see what's going to happen with the Dallas Cowboys. I'm telling you, Micah Parsons is a, is a lot better than people think he is. Very competitive, and uh, everything that he bet on that show, he won. Everything, every single he made bets with Kyle Pitts, he won. He the guy is he challenges himself to be the best. Oh, here we go. Bryce Harper will be out for three months now. Well, we're not talking about that. We're talking about something else. Why are you talking about that? We're going to get it to baseball. Well, good. I don't want to hear about it. And I'm a Yankee fan. So mm. we're, we're talking about something different. Hey, listen, if Jeff can give updates on what's going I on with his betting, crap. I'm allowed to give updates on what I'm watching, all I, right? I, I don't care. You should concentrate on the show. That's I am concentrating on the show, knucklehead. No, so. But, uh, you know, that's all I can say right now with the Cowboys. And I, I don't know why everybody keeps taking shots at the Cowboys. I am not a Cowboy fan. Nor do I support some of the things that they, that they do, but to say that Michael Parsons is going to stink, 
Because uh, the beef makes everybody hate the Cowboys even more. Michael Parsons is going to be a good player. He, I, I really do believe it. I think he's going to be a really, really fun player. And ask Justin Fields, who ran him down the most the year before, before Parsons decided to sit out. Ask him how many times he got ran out of bounds. He couldn't move anywhere behind the line of scrimmage. It was Michael Parsons. He was the one that was causing havoc. And, and, and by the way, both players are, have the same agent. So is Kyle Pitts. And so does um, J.C. Uh, Horn, who, by the way, uh, has a very unique voice. He, he sounds like a... He's got like this really deep voice. And I didn't realize how good. I remember his father playing. I didn't know he was a four-time pro ball player. I I knew he was a good player. I didn't think he was a four-time Pro Bowl player. I thought he made the Pro Bowl one year. What's he most famous for, Joe? Was Joe Horn, I believe. The 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 the, the pretending of a uh, the cell the phone, phone, he phone did call. The cell phone yeah. out of his yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> hands. Yeah, I remember. I, I, and they talked about that on the show. You guys got to check it out. It was an hour and thirty-minute show. I got to get it. I, I I watched the whole thing. Very interesting of all four guys in their background and their stories and how they uh, how they became who they became and it's it's very interesting it really is and it's very funny all of them are very very funny guys um, very different personalities um, so interesting when we come back some baseball conversation will the Yankees make the playoffs or not and are they buyers and are they sellers and are the Mets Finally figuring out how to lose. That's going to be the question. They're going to have to answer at the trade deadline as well. Here on the Sports Loudmouths. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is the Sports Loudmouths. DJ Speedy. I'm liking the music tonight. I really do. Back and forth. We're doing a little, oh, little snuff dance. Hop it, hop it, hop it, give it. Hairball, hairball, hairball. Snuggy Wuggy was a bear. Snuggy Wuggy had a hair. Snuggy Wuggy is a unicorn who wants a boy. There we go. Anyways, welcome back to the Sports Loudmouths. I'm your host, Daryl Marks. My co-hosts, Speedy Petey and Joshua McGilla. Silverberg. Remember, you can listen to our show every single Wednesday and Thursday at 9 p.m. You can call us at 631-965-4990. Download the app by going to iOS, WWSRN, or Android Worldwide Sports Radio Network. I was going to say, you know, you should let, you have all these DJ things coming up. Maybe you should let Speedy do one of them. You should let him be the guy. I invite Speedy all the time. He always makes I know, I'm saying you should let him let, let him spin. Oh, Give me a break. Under a little scratch. No, no, I, I, I can't see him doing any of that. But uh, what he would... <laughs> uh, he's picking the right music tonight. I mean, he's on. Point. What was this, by the way? What's going on that's here? That's the the snug dance. That's oh, a snug it dance. like a hand job. I don't know what's going on. That's, <laughs> that's the snug dance. Snug might have thought it was that too. I probably had a fun watching too. But yeah, enjoyed. I know you. You said before, you know, before we went off on the Mets finding ways to lose. Um, they did in Pittsburgh. Um. Thankfully, they won this series against Cincinnati. Thank God Stroman pitched well today because that bullpen is basically on fumes at this point. They have off tomorrow. Um, that's what I'm saying. Like, the trade deadline is going to be so interesting next week. Like, it, it really is. I, I think anything – like, any everything you're hearing is – they all think um, – like Mark Feinstein said it on MLB.com. He thinks he's hearing the Mets are going to be the most busy. They're, they're going to be the busiest team of any of the teams. Now, and they've already said a lot of their top guys are not going to be available. And I know 
I didn't get a chance to be on the show last week, and I, I, I didn't get to reach out to Speedy, and I wanted to get his thoughts on it with them drafting Rocker 10th uh, overall, which I think was a, a, was a slam dunk pick, I think. I mean, if, I mean, it was, it was crazy that that happened. Yeah, it was amazing. He fell to them. He was supposed to be a top five pick, pretty consensus. He was thought of as a top we, five. We've seen that before. Yeah, we, he was thought of as a top five player in college baseball. Right. He, again, he was something that was very surprising. Maybe maybe that was a reason the team stayed away from him. Maybe he wanted too much money. Because a lot of the times with the baseball drafts, it's very weird because they can go back to college. They can... It fits like a glove, him going over there with Cohen. So. Yeah, so maybe there were other factors built into that, too, that you don't see. Apparently, in the... he tried to sa- – what, what I saw was some were saying he was trying to sabotage it, where he didn't want to go to a small market team like Kansas City or anything. He wanted to be in New York in a big, in a big market. He didn't want to go to um, – Kansas City, he didn't want to go to Detroit. He didn't want to go to any of those any of those cities. He wanted to be in a big spot, and um, I think it was it was a home run for the Mets to be able to yeah, get. Yeah, but another we pitcher. always say that, and, and as good as he is when he was in college, that doesn't translate always into the end. But lately, if you look at the if you look at the last couple of years, and the with the 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 draft picks in MLB have actually, and I didn't realize this, um, they've actually gotten better. If you see it now, most a lot of them that are coming out now are getting a lot better than what they once did years and years ago. Especially when you take a college kid rather than like a high school player, right? Because like you know kind of what you're getting to a standpoint because you're facing, I think, upper echelon talent. Whereas in high school, you're facing sophomores, juniors in high school. It's 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 a different situation like mickey moniac right mickey moniac went first overall what a name (laughs) mickey moniac mickey moniac and mickey mouse (laughs) i I literally cannot believe moan and act (laughs) he's literally still in triple a for the phillies he's been there for like six years now it's absolutely insane that and he did come up and it was he was bad when he came up he wasn't great but i think for the mets they have um i think they'll make one blockbuster move what is it going to be? I don't know. And then I think they'll make some minor, smaller moves. Like I could see them going after like a Tyler Anderson from Pittsburgh, who has like a four, he's like a four and a half year A. Then I, you know, I right now Zach Scott said starting pitching is their number one need. Um, Degrom is throwing again, so he they expect him to go by next week. Carrasco's coming back. Um, Ty, the, the biggest thing is Tyler McGill. Yeah. Right. Tyler McGill has really come up here and is really produced well. I actually <laughs> I've heard him in a bunch week. of rumors now, but like that's how much he's emerged. But it's a, but Speedy, I I think I talked to you about it. I brought up an interesting comparison to Tyler McGill, and the guy and you were like flabbergasted at the comparison. Remember when I told you I he reminds you of John Maine, where he gives <laughs> yeah, you because five I hadn't heard six, the name John Maine in twenty. He gives you five years. or six <laughs> good innings. He'll give up a home run or a two. But he gives you six solid innings, five solid innings. John May and... was decent. He was a yeah, decent he was pretty good, and that, that's exactly who I think Tyler. I, I, you know, that's exactly who I think. You know, I, I believe it was. I think my, I want to give credit. To my brother's the one that I believe said it first, and mm-hmm. I didn't think about it. But that's a really good comparison because Mc, you know, remember you have to say when Maine was pitching, Maine had pitched. He used to pitch five innings, mm-hmm. five yeah. and two thirds, yeah. and he would have a solid start. He would give up a run or two, a couple of hits. But he was good. He was decent. And now the Mets add Rocker. They have Ginn. They have Allen. They're getting that pitching surplus 
where it once was again because they needed pitching right in that farm system. And that farm system was ranked, I believe, 14th in the league. I think it's now going to – obviously, it's going to go up now with Rocker getting picked. It'll probably be probably 11th. Well, it depends on who moves up too, though. It's definitely going to be, I think, top 10 at this point. I think it should. Um it really, I think the in, it really doesn't in, matter where you know where you're ranked. It, it all depends on how system. they turn out to be. Yeah, that's that, right. Like honestly, I mean, look at the Yankees. The Yankees had the best farm, top five farm system for how long? And some of these players came up, and and some of them. I know Frazier, even Torres is struggling this yeah. year. Service every. I it, listen. It, it happens. It's, no. I, I mean, I, I'd say at least the kind of the good thing with the the Mets have done to a standpoint. And again, I'm not. With Buzz, the Mets, when their guys have come up, they've actually have produced, which is a nice thing. Like Conforto, Nimmo, Syndergaard before he was hurt, even Harvey in the so beginning. What are, you saying, the Yankees, um, what are you saying? The Yankee players haven't? <laughs> no, not at all. No, I'm just, I'm Yankees, just no, no. I'm, 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 I'm talking about teams like the Phillies, teams like the Mariners. Those teams who have <laughs> using the Mariners pirate. as an example so isn't exactly a good I, idea. I, I, been I think Clint years. Frazier's time with the Yankees is over. I, I do. I, I think he's, he's marrying hot models. That's what he's doing, baby. I think Cliff Frazier, he's doing. But I think yeah, the Mets are. In, I think the Mets are in a good spot right now. Um, listen, they have. He's 30. too busy sitting at home because he has something wrong with his equilibrium. You know what I mean? Uh, that's that's what that's the Yankees are letting him sit home because he's like, oh, I can't see, I can't walk, I can't walk straight. Oh, I got a headache. Give me. I a mean, break. The, the the Mets had a crazy stretch, and both of you know this. They had thirty three games in thirty one days. I mean, that's ridiculous and they I, mean, played, had, I believe it was three double headers i think they played what 12 already this year double headers yeah, they already had yeah they already had 12 double, and they have another one monday yeah. and it's they're gonna they're gonna break the, they're gonna they're on pace i believe break the record they have a, mean, they, they have a couple due late in the season too i think with the phillies and the, the nationals i want to say i think the nationals another one too late yeah in the season. no i thought they had they had, oh no the one in washington yeah but they, 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 the let's washington let's be honest the mets have not played well since the all-star break they have not no, they haven't. They lost. Pete Alonso, ever since he's won the home run derby, he hasn't hit one thing. Actually, okay. that's not true at all. In Cincinnati, he hit four home runs this past I'm, three I'm days. I'm sorry. One game, he hit four home runs. It wasn't one game. He's had a good last. Let's see. Speedy, you let's know, see. he's let's, had a good last three or four let's games. See. Let's go. Let's look at. Yeah, the, the Cincinnati series. He's definitely been good. He's one of the one of the few guys that have been. He's a, he already he's got I believe 19 home runs and he has his average above two. I believe it's near 250 now. Yeah, the, the the main concern with the Mets has been one. Obviously, their bullpen woes and two, like uh, like Carl was alluding to earlier. It's like, really just, what happened yeah. to the defense. It's honestly, it's really Pete Alonso first. First of all, before the All-Star break, he had 17 home runs. He had, he had two, two home runs, okay, because he has 19 home runs. So he didn't hit four. He had two. Okay, so uh, before the All-Star break, he had 17 home runs. So, he's hitting that, but he's, listen, where his average once was. I, I, I understand that. But Pete Alonso, you know, and, and, I, and I, like I said, out of all the Mets, and everybody knows, I am a huge Pete Alonso fan. I love him. I think he's the face of the team. I think he's the face of the organization. I, I think everything he stands for is great. He's a great, great person, great, great player. He, it, it's everything what you want for a guy to look up to. The problem with him is his problem is he's so outspoken. He says a lot of stupid things. And he did it, he did it with the whole Lindor thing, even though Lindor got what he wanted. Uh, then he speaks up at the All-Star, the All-Star game that he's the best power hitter in baseball. Uh, what, he's on drugs? I mean, he, who, what, what power hitter did he hit against in that whole, uh, that whole, that whole thing? Oh, Otani? That's about it. I mean, there's nobody in that thing that really stuck out like a sore thumb, okay? Give me a break. Gallo? 
Joey Gallo. Oh, he's a good power hitter. He's just not good at everybody Joey else Gallo's hitter. <laughs> Joey Gallo is, is is an overrated power hitter. He's not good. Yeah, he's a power hitter, and he does nothing else good. <laughs> he's not a good hitter. He's not a good yeah, power hitter. He's a 200 hitter that, that hits home runs and he's strikes a, out a ton. He, Pete, first of all, Joe, let, let's look at Joey. I, I, don't, I don't have his thing. Joey Gallo is not as good a power hitter as you think he is. Okay? And the guys that you would think, the John Carlos, the Aaron Judges, the Vladimir Guerreros, these guys didn't they didn't enter in these uh, these home run derbies for so for him to come out and say that he's the best power hitter in baseball I no, think, listen, uh, I think uh, he needs to No I agree with you on that, that. But, but to to be fair he did beat Vladimir Guerrero in the home run derby That's fine last yeah. year yeah, did Who he beat Aaron yeah. Judge did he beat uh, did he beat uh, John Carlos Judge never wants to do it Why would he he's got he's got oblique problems okay um, but he's well, hit the he's got long... more than oblique problems, possibly. He might, he might have had COVID issues. Yeah, well, but... He... Thank, thank God he didn't spread it at the All-Star game. Aaron Judge is having a great year. He really is. It, it's not Aaron Judge's fault that the Yankees aren't winning, okay? It, it's the whole team as a whole. And like I said, the and I, told, I was telling Speedy after, you know, during the break, I look at the, I look at the Yankees right now. If Corey Kluber comes back, and obviously... Um, what's his name again? Comes back. Savarino. Savarino comes back, and that's two pitchers that are very important to that pitching staff. And you have Garrett Cole that's starting to pitch very well. You got three reliable pitchers. You can go on a, a winning streak where you can win ten games in a row and and get right back. They're only four games out of a wild card spot. You don't want to play the Yankees if the Yankees have these guys come back. And if Brian Cashman makes a trade. At the trade deadline, to really solidify this lineup, maybe bring in a Javier Baez or somebody like that. Uh, I mean, this team is is playoff bound. Now, I think there's a lot of problems with the Yankees. It's the Yankees not just, are about to have their busiest offseason in a very long time. I think it's going to be a very busy offseason. I think the Yankees are going to have to decide what they're going to do with some players. Um, I'm talking about Glaber Torres. I think they're going to resign Aaron Judge. He's the face of the team. He's one of the faces of baseball. Anybody that thinks that Aaron Judge is just going to be let go by the Yankees, I don't. I don't see it. He's not making more than 190, 180 million dollars. No. But Aaron Judge is going to get paid, and the Yankees are going to pay him. So it just to me, the Gary Sanchez of the world. I think they're going to have to decide what they're doing with Gary. Um, I, I think Clint Frazier's is gone. Clint Frazier's gone. Um, I, I think Gio Urshela is gone. I, I think. Uh, they're going to start to move, you know, move forward with bringing in and solidifying this team. Because if they get knocked out and the Mets make a run this year, even if they don't win and they make a run this year, and the way the Yankees farm system is set up, which I think they're ranked 16th in the league right now, and from all the way from five to four, they were one of the top uh, farm systems in baseball. And they had a very good draft too, by the way. The Yankees definitely did very well in their draft. Um, they brought in another shortstop. It doesn't make any sense, but they got brought in one of the best uh, rated shortstops in this year's draft. Um, they have two of them in the last four years. Makes no sense why they're going that route. But... Really quick, by the way, shout out to like the Padres and the Nationals for yeah. everything that happened yesterday. I said day. that already. That yeah. was, and I and I actually reached out to Alex after to ask how was, how Charlie was doing and everything like that. I mean, the fact that that happened first off should never happen. Um, it was in related to gang violence. Thankfully, nobody passed away. Uh, people wow. were shot. They it were wasn't looking. They were looking for you. They were looking for you. Um, listen, I mean, you're if, wearing if red. Me, are, then you they a gotta, they, are you a blood? I don't know what kind of gang they were looking for. I don't ever think I've even spoken to a person in the gang. Are you a blood buddy? Uh, uh, do we have to uh, take care of you one way or another? I don't know, man. I'm starting to worry about you. 
Oh no! They brought oh. Errols, are you implying is that's the reason he fled to St. Martin? Probably. They brought this freaking guy in, oh, and Chapman. I have my best. Oh, this game is over. Could you relax? <laughs> you with this freaking? You're I, so I swear, I think Tyler's possessed him somehow. <laughs> like, no, know, he's, Speedy, he's bashing Aaron Boone in ways Tyler would. You should, Speedy, you're a Met fan. You should want the Yankees to blow the doors off the Phillies. Oh, I, I agree. I'm just saying, the way you're sounding about Aaron Boone is is, is very. Tyler Harrison-esque right now. <laughs> because first off, Speedy, let me ask you this question. As a strategic manager, if you're in the game, bases loaded, one out, and you have Zach Britton on the mound, are you going to take him out for a guy that has a 10 ERA? No, I didn't say I would either. I'm just saying. I'm just uh, saying. You're, well, you're, it seems like Tyler's possessed you. <laughs> no, you never. First off, this is something I learned. When the bases are loaded, you never change pitchers. Whatever you Hal Steinbrenner does in the offseason, I, I, I do believe that if Aaron Boone does not get this team over the hump this year. I'm talking about making the playoffs. I still think Aaron Boone is gone. I don't know if that's even happening. I, I do. And if they don't, they'll bring in a, they'll bring in a, a assistant coach or assistant manager on the bench. That'll probably take over for him one way or another. So I, I do believe that uh, Aaron Boone is starting to. Uh, I don't know if he could even survive the offseason. The fans might burn down Yankee Stadium. If he no, I don't think there next year. I'm, I'm not even joking. Dude, I'm the Yankees sure. are four no games one. out of a playoff spot. Come yeah, on. But, yeah. They're not. You make it. People make it seem like they're like nine, ten games out of a play. They're not. They're four games out of a wild card spot. They go on a, a, a eight or nine game winning streak. They could be two or one game out of a, a playoff spot. I mean, that's how quick it can happen. So, uh, I'm telling you, with Kluber coming back. This is light. With Savarino coming back, that can absolutely change the fortunes for the Yankees. And I think the Yankees are hoping for that. Kluber should be back in a week, you know. And Savarino could be back in, you know, by the end of the month, you know. So, uh, it, it's, it, it's you know, we'll see what happens. I, I, I With baseball, you just never know. And, I, again, uh, you you jumping for joy with it. Listen, the Mets win the division. They don't win the division. I'm not jumping for any joy. If you read my stuff on Twitter, I've been pissed off about this team the last few weeks. Pissed. Well, listen, not happy. They're Angry. not. They're not a championship team yet. No, no, no. They're not. Absolutely, they're not. They're, no, they're not. I don't think they are. They have flaws. They have deficiencies, and that's why. Listen, that's what the trade deadline is for, right? It's meant to fix those, and I think they. You hope, you know, winning two out of three against Cincinnati, you hope that gets them. They have a day off tomorrow. They come back home again. Hopefully they jumpstart something with them. Um, They need starting pitching. They need guys. They don't have enough guys right now. The other thing is, though, too, the other end of it, you have to hope that these other teams that are in front of them don't make trades either because they could get better, too. Now, which, you know, like the Dodgers and the Padres. Right. And those they, have, they, have, they, have, they have prospects they could trade. They, uh, the course. Padres and Brewers both Listen, have money. I would not I mean, be shocked that the Padres got Joey Gallo. That would not surprise me. Mm-hmm. You got. That. I think Joey Gallo fits them really well. Um, Milwaukee. They're still ahead of the Mets right now, too. I trust Milwaukee in the playoffs over the Mets right now, too. That's fine. You, you can, but at the same time, I look at it this way. Milwaukee desperately needs hitting. Their lineup is atrocious. Milwaukee and needs saw, desperately a lot of things, but it's nice pitching. I mean, you, 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 and you saw it with Burns and Woodruff. They still lost that series. No, yeah, the, 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 the hitters are usually easier to find, though, than pitchers are. So they can even get That's that in, fine, in, in a quantity. Milwaukee also has a ton, And Milwaukee's bullpen, other than Hader, is not good. Yeah, but they have they have more than capable guys. They just were bad in the beginning of the year, and now they're only getting it back together yeah, now. When you look at it on paper, like, so, okay, so, like, if, if they do a series, right, you have Burns and Woodruff, right? Okay. 
and Peralta even. You want to give them Peralta, Peralta too? That's yeah. totally Peralta's fine. Okay, good. so yeah. the the Mets could throw out like the Grom. Can we stop talking about trade talks? It's that that stuff isn't going to happen. You know. Why don't we just talk about football? I want to talk about baseball for a few minutes, damn it. We've been talking about baseball for the last half an hour. I, half an hour? I talk about Aaron Rodgers once a week. Mm. <laughs> Nothing's changed. Oh, well. He hasn't done anything. No, I mean, there's nothing going to be done until until the Green Bay Packers actually open up their eyes and realize oh, that he's not God. coming back. No. That's what they got to do. We can talk about the MLB trade deadline happening next week in okay. July. But we have to talk we, about Aaron why, Rodgers. Why don't we wait week. until the trade deadline is? There's nothing to talk about right now and what the Mets are going to do. I don't care what somebody is saying. That wasn't even the trade. No, I don't care. What, we, we were comparing the Brewers to the Mets. I don't care what Feinstein's saying. I don't care what whoever's saying. I, I, I don't. It doesn't matter because in the end, Heyman could say whatever he wants. They could say until it happens, it happens. And again, okay. even the same thing with even our. If they, some people say that if they say that Jordan Love's not ready and Jordan Love goes out there and plays his ass off. Everything that I have read through writers over there that have been watching Jordan Love throw the ball, they said he's not ready. Yeah, and I've read, I've I've read writers that have had inside people that they work with that say that the Mets. And other teams are going to be very busy. This is going to be one of the busier trade deadlines in a very long time for a lot of teams, for a ton of teams, because there's a lot of teams that are out already. This has a chance to be one of the more exciting trade deadlines in a while. Why don't we go to a quick break? When we come back, we'll get into this whole um, expansion draft to finish up the show for tonight. Uh, The Krakens, uh, some of the moves that they made so far, and obviously some of these NHL teams. What the Boston Bruins need to do, what the Rangers need to do this offseason, what the Islanders need to do, which the Islanders have made. They've been very busy. Mm-hmm. They've been the best, busiest team so far this offseason. I think Lou Lamorello thinks that the Islanders are one or two players away from being a Stanley, a Stanley Cup competitive team, especially the last two years. So I'm very intrigued and very interested to see what Lou Lamorello is going to do and, and how he's going to maneuver some of these players uh, now that uh, Jordan Eberle's contract is off, which is big for the uh, the Islanders. When, when they were $8 million over the cap, now they're all of a sudden almost $16 million under the cap, which is very big for the Islanders. And this could be Lou Lamorello's way of changing and making this organization a team to be reckoned with. When we come back, ladies and gentlemen, we will get into some hockey here. On the Sports Limehouse. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is the Sports Loudmouths. DJ Speedy. Woo! Remember, this is the Sports Limehouse. I'm your host, Errol Marks, my co host. Speedy Petey and Joshua McKilla Silverberg. Remember, you can listen to our show every single Wednesday and Thursday at 9 p.m. Or you can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. You can call us at 631-965-4990. Download our app on iOS, WWSRN, or Android Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Now, Speedy, before we get into the crackings and the NHL. Your favorite name. Oh, I can't stand it. Oh, I can't stand it. I, I, why aren't you not calling them the Seattle Grunch? That would be the perfect name for this organization. It is a horrendous name. What the hell is a Kraken? The okay. Seattle Fish Heads. We can call them that. They have the famous fish market. We can call them that if their front office makes bad decisions. Mm, they probably they already have, by the way. They didn't, they didn't bring in uh, Price. 
I mean, Carey Price, who, who's available, and they said they they came out before this expansion draft and said, we're not interested in Carey Price, the same guy that brought the Montreal Canadiens to the Stanley Cup Finals this year. Okay, so yeah. real Not smart. Sure thanking God that that didn't Real, happen. real smart. By the way, he lives in Vancouver over there. It would have been a perfect fit. He'd yeah. be very, very happy over there. Very stupid. I, I don't understand the crackings. Right. Thank you, Rick. Uh, well, I'm sure a lot of people are thanking Rick Tockett. And that management. Ron Hextall. Yeah, well, <laughs> terrible. Yeah. Well, absolutely. nobody said the Flyers front office was smart either. Mm, terrible. Anyways, why don't we go through the Kraken's expansion draft. Uh, uh, very interesting picks. Uh, we, we, I knew earlier this, um, mm. earlier this morning that uh, Jordan Eberle was going to be gone. Uh, something broke, and uh, they, they were saying um, the Islanders protected Matt Martin, Cal Clutterbuck, and decided to part ways. And I, a lot of people say it was a bad mistake for the Islanders not uh, protecting Everly. I don't think it was a bad mistake. I think this was a planned mm-hmm. mistake. Right. I think they purposely did this because they wanted Everly off the salary cap so they can make another move and bring in a guy that could play beside Barzell that really fits Barzell's game. And I don't think Jordan Everly, I don't care if he had 17 goals this year, and, and that's a lot for a guy that only played 43, 44 games this year. I mean, we were just talking about Vetchkin. He had 24 goals in 40, 45 games. So he only had six more goals than Jordan Eberle. So he, he probably would have had a 30-goal scoring the year if they, they played all 82 games. But nevertheless, Jordan Eberle just didn't fit um, Barzell. I, I don't think – that offensive – first of all, that line was horrendous. Besides Barzell, that right. line was horrendous in the playoffs. It really was. Komarov, who scored one goal all year, and Eberle that scored 17. Uh, was there anybody else on that line besides Barzell that can actually do something, that can make something out of nothing? The answer is no. Eberle uh, lived off of every pass that Barzell gave him. But he's done his whole career. He was with the Oilers centers for the first part of his career and didn't do it much with them either. So, so I, I, everybody I was reading this. The Islanders made a colossal mistake protecting Matt, Matt, Matt Martin, Cal Clutterbuck over a far better player in Eberly and the Krakens uh, paid for it. And, and the Krakens made them pay for it. No, they didn't. I, the Islanders, that was an absolute plan to get Eberly off the salary cap. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah, the only that. way that would be a bad mistake is if they don't get anybody. But the Islanders should get somebody they're with, with that somebody. money. Yeah. They're, First of all, they're going to they're going to start they're going to sign back Anthony Bolivier. Uh, they got to right. sign Pellick. Uh, Pellick's not going to you're not going to have to pay because uh, what's what's his name? He just got a contract. Didn't get paid a lot and. Uh, Andy Green. Yep. And uh, no, no, not, not not they're not bringing Andy Green back, did they? No, they already him? signed him. He did got they? paid through. Uh, it's only three hundred seventy-five thousand again. Oh, so that's that's a very minimum. Nothing. That's nothing. Right. And uh, I I heard that Zach Parisi is a is a lead guy that they want to bring in. I also I believe they're going to try to bring Paul Mary back. Um, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if Tarasenko is an Islander, either Tarasenko or. It makes sense, Tarasenko, because it's affordable, and you could put him with. He's a much better player than Everly, way better. <laughs> you put him with Barzell. You you solidify that first line when Anders Lee comes back. You're talking about one of the best lines in hockey. You know, you you had a center of that gratitude. You have a great winger, and then you put uh, you got Anders Lee, who's one of the more underrated big men and and uh, offensive players in a league. Power type centers. Yeah. yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think the, you solidify your first line if you do that. And 
they didn't tra- they didn't like Cal Clutterbuck back. I mean, they didn't move him because they got one more year left on his contract. Nobody they knew the Krakens weren't going to take Cal Clutterbuck. <laughs> right. Nobody wants Cal Clutterbuck with that contract. I think he's making like what six million or right. five and a half exactly. million. Nobody wants that contract. He has one. They more- only sign them more in terms of the name. They, he has they one, like the name. He they has, like the name. He has one more year left on his contract. He will be gone. Now, Casey Sezikis is a guy that the Islanders could think about bringing back because they had one of the better four lines in the league. I don't know if that that means they're going to bring Casey Sezikis back. I I, I think uh, you could bring in Zage. You can you actually can re-sign Zajac or Parisi. You could bring Parisi and he could center the fourth line. You could do something like that. Parisi is a much better all-around player if he can stay healthy than a C- a Casey That's Sezikis. That's the key, you know. So and he's a center. I mean, you could yeah. put you could put. A Parisi as a center uh, on your team. So he also is a winger. So you, you can do a lot of things with Zach Parisi. I, I, I'm very intrigued to see what uh, – this is the first year I can honestly say Lou Lamorello has the money to make moves that can solidify his, uh, his offseason. Uh, he's done it in the middle of the season at the trade deadline. He hasn't done it in the offseason. That really wowed you. Right. And we saw what, what he did for those championship um, teams went with the Devils, uh, the moves with Claude Lemieux and Jason Arnott. They made the, he made those moves in the middle of the season that solidified those teams. So yeah, you bring up a good point too with Eberle uh, over the fact of what the Kraken could want versus they're not going to take on Clutterbuck because they can get a lot of fourth line type players for much cheaper value. They could probably get three of them for the price. If of they if they protected Eberle, let's say they protected Eberle and the Islanders put Clutterbuck in there. Do you really, really think they think think they were going to take no, a lot there's of There's no Clutterbuck. there's no way they would have taken. There's no way they would have. Because they could get three Matt of those. Matt Martin maybe. Yeah, maybe Matt Martin, but there's they could have gotten three of those guys for the now, same. the guy I really thought that they honestly there were two guys I really thought they were going to look at. One was Josh Bailey. Um I think he was a guy that I think would have been intriguing for them. Another one and it was crazy there were reports that they were looking into it but the other one was Anthony Bovillier but the thing is if they did Bovillier then the Islanders were going to try to figure out a trade with them and I don't think Seattle wanted to do that. So the Islanders are very fortunate that Everly was the one that was picked and it wasn't Bovillier or Bailey. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sam says the Kraken also had took a different approach than Vegas did in their yes. draft. Did yes, you did. did you like their expansion draft? I didn't like it. it yeah, it was, they didn't take on any big contracts. That was what they was wanted. They wanted solid. to keep the salary cap space so they could sign guys in free agency. And stuff. I'm surprised how many older guys they took on too. I was very surprised that they because Vegas was a lot younger when they took a lot. Who of Who was the guys best on. player they picked up? Yanni Gord, I would say, from the Tampa Bay Lightning. I, I like. I like Giordano from the Flames as a player, but his contract is not looking great for them. Well, it's, it's the last year of his deal, though. Yeah, I, he's probably the best overall player. Vince Dunn's another nice one, too, they got from the Blues. I like Vince Dunn a yeah. lot. Mm-hmm. I like him really a lot. He's a very good defensive defenseman. Right. The question That's is with him, though, is is can he be a number one type defenseman, which is what they're going to He's gonna more have. on the second or third pair. Right. But, but he's still a very good defenseman. Because after that, they, play, they, they drafted a lot of defensemen, but not a lot of known defensemen. A lot of older guys, which is very weird. That's a bad play for me. Which is very weird for an expansion team. You want to, you think you want to take on young guys, and that's what Vegas did. They got a lot of prospects, they got a lot of first round picks, and they were able to make trades later on for Stone and Pacioretty and guys like that. And again, that also helped that a lot of the the other guys overperformed. Now, also to answer your question, uh, Sam, a little further than that, I think there was a lot of teams being a lot safer with what they did in terms of protecting certain players because there were a lot of teams that 
like the Panthers giving Marshall so away the the wild at the time when Hollow was a great prospect they they let they didn't protect him and he went to Vegas so there were a lot of teams that made those bigger mistakes in terms of giving Vegas that chance to to be great as they were right away. We're, we didn't see that this year. The only really top players were bigger contracts. And Yanni Gord with the Lightning. The, the Lightning don't need him. They have a bunch of guys they can work with. And the Flames with Giordano. No Kraken's draft was kind of dumb. What are you talking about? Yeah. We're, we're, Sam, we're saying what that, is Sam. Sam. Sam, first of all, I, I, I look at the Kraken's draft. I was very surprised that that's all... The, the way they drafted the expansion. Well, draft. all their picks were spoiled throughout the whole day today. Yeah, I, I didn't... Honestly, I didn't like their expansion draft. I, I mean, I, are they going to be like the? Are, are they going to be like the Vegas Knights? They're not. Uh, they're not. Vegas Knights were very strategic on how they drafted. That's why they were so competitive, and they went to the Stanley right. Cup Finals their first year. This team is. Um, also, the, the really quick, the difference is the Golden Knights hired Gerard Gallant. The Seattle Kraken hired Rick Tockett. <laughs> uh, then, then therein lies the difference and the problem with the Seattle Kraken. Sam also says they went young at goalie, which was weird. Yes, and again, the goalie's being very hard to find in the draft. We could have gone Braden Holpe. Right, I was thinking the same Holpe? thing. Oh, Sam said, I'm sorry, Sam. Uh, you said that. No, I didn't like their draft. Yeah, I don't yeah think he, was, I... he was agreeing with you. Right. Oh, okay, I'm sorry, Sam. And, and Sam, you bring up a good point. It's, it's surprising with how hard goalies can be defined in terms of consistently year to year, both either with drafts or signing bigger contracts. Yeah. I'm surprised they wouldn't go after at least take a flyer on brain. Hope he had a down ear last year. Okay. But that doesn't mean he can't they transform had a chance himself. to bring in price. How could you Absolutely. not really carry price? Yeah, right. Arrow remembers this arrow. When the Kraken hired Rick Tockett mm-hmm. as the head coach, was it, it was Tockett they hired, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What was, I called you that first day. What did I say to you? I said I cannot believe they actually hired Rick Tockett. You wanted you said Gerard Gallant. I said they should have hired Gallant, mm-hmm. or they should have went. Basically, they could have done Tortorella. Mm-hmm. They could have won another good veteran coach who has dealt with this. Before. I Gerard think Tortorella would have killed these young. And guys. they hired mm-hmm. Rick freaking Tockett. Yeah, who's going to fail very quickly? And he had uber him. amount of talent in Philadelphia. It was a disaster with them. Well, nobody said they, they were hired this freaking either. schmuck. <laughs> I mean, really? Well, I mean, they already Ron got Hawk it wrong the moment they hired the coach. They got it wrong. It's. I think this was a terrible. I would have taken the Coyotes guy. Who was the Coyotes guy? The coach. Um. I, I don't. The, I don't. The really, Rangers yeah, I'm just Beauty, looking. Tip it. I'm just looking. Yeah. I'm just looking at this roster right now, and I. I it's I, not it's good. horrible. It's how do they expect to compete? I, I mean, the, this isn't like I said. This isn't the Knights. This is horrible. And Jordan Eberle's probably crying that he's going there. <laughs> Jordan Eberle's gonna be on the top line. He is. He's gonna be their top player. Yeah, it'll be a top line of him. I mean, I'm t- listen, Marchandano. He won um, him Gordon. a Norris three years ago. Yes. He won the Norris three years ago. Yeah, he's all, listen. He's a, still a pretty good player. He regressed a little. He's this thirty-seven year, years yeah. old. He's gonna be the top. He's literally going to be the top on the top defensive pair. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, I mean, you're going to put a 37 year old on the top defensive pair. I mean, he's a good player. Yeah, well, but I mean, still, you would you would want to get more at least a counter type of defenseman, more of a physical type to go with it, which they don't they didn't get it at all. Vince Dunn's kind of that same kind of thing as him. He's better defensively, but. He's still kind of that smaller type too. So even from a team identity perspective, like I, like, I mean, unless they really, really, really think they're going to get guys in free agency. Oh, Quick was available. Play. I didn't even know Quick was available too. 
They could have yeah, quick. But quick's, yeah, but Quick is pretty much fizz, and his contract is not good. Yeah, his contract is yeah. really bad. He had a bad last year with the Rangers. Price, I think Price would Price have been, been the best. Yeah, he, he lives right over there in Vancouver. You know, him and his wife would have absolutely loved to go to Seattle. I, I think he would have been a great guy, a great guy to build your team around, a top end goaltender that you could build your team around. And why wouldn't you draft? I, that makes no sense. That would have been my number one pick. Mm-hmm. Carey Price would have been my number one guy. And I read read some of the stories like uh, they didn't want him. What do you mean you didn't want him? The guy just led a team a team that had no business going to the Stanley Cup Finals all the way to the Stanley Cup Finals. <laughs> he was the best goalie in the playoffs. It was just uh, ridiculous. The other thing I think they did they – did too much impulsively was they hired a lot of they they drafted a lot of overperformers too which you can't expect them to happen year to year a lot of the defensemen even some of the forwards that they that they ended up taking were all overperformers they weren't really yeah. young guys to actually build on yeah when Vegas Vegas built mostly young guys and had their overperformers come later later obviously William Carlson being as the one six goals with the ja- Blue Jackets and all of a sudden he scores forty three I don't think anyone expected that coming but even some of the guys that they took to help their third and fourth lines later Alex Tuck. And like I said, Halla earlier, those guys, they knew they had some upside. These guys don't really have the upside either that you see out of the, the Vegas draft picks that we saw right away. Obviously, Vegas got other players later again. But still, these are all a lot of the in-between type, similar, same identity type players that don't make sense. And so many old guys, too, like Jamie Alexiak, Adam Larson. Like, who wants them? <laughs> I, I, I my, It had me shaking and itching my head. Like, where are they going with yeah. this? But uh Again, not all organizations are smart, and uh, they're obviously not one of them. Um, but what uh, happens when you take the Flyers uh, from office As for to a an team. Islander fan, Islander fans should be very happy Jordan Eberle's contract is off the board. You're talking about you're going into the offseason, they were $8 million over the cap. Now, all of a sudden, they're $15.5 million under the cap. Now you can start really, re, re, first of all, rebuilding this team. You sign Pellick, you sign Bolivier. And then you decide what you're going to do. Are you going to bring in a Vladimir Tarasenko? Do you do, you do something like that? Um, do you maybe Lazenkog, whatever his name is? from Landis Clog yep. from, uh, from, uh, from Colorado. That's something. Uh, the Islanders, cause the, and you, you could bring in Zach Parisi, who will take a, a small contract to come here. Maybe you re-sign Palmieri, which I believe the Islanders will. Um, <clears> I think <throat> they'll give Palmieri the five and a half that they, they just lost with Jordan Eberle. I think they'll do that. Sizikis is gone no matter what. I think the Rangers would be very stupid not to bring him in. I think he's the perfect fit for the New York Rangers. I really do. Uh, Sam says he loves the picks of Jeremy Lausanne and Yanni Gord. That is about all LOL. Yeah, and again, there are good there are good young players on this list, but again, you're putting them in roles that are not going to be beneficial to them right away. No, they're going to be on La- the top lines. Lausanne was a third-pair defenseman. Uh, Carson Susie from Minnesota was a third-pair defenseman. They have some upside. They're, they're a decent player, but you're expecting them to throw them in as second or even first-type defenseman. Hayden Fleury from Anaheim, who was good with Carolina at times, they played behind loaded defense of pairings or defensive depth. So it's going to be even harder for them to translate that right away. I think we're all in agreement that they had a bad draft, Sam. I, but I, even some of the defensemen that uh, you've mentioned, too. It's not a bad draft. It just didn't make sense. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't get all the old guys and all the how one-year you not wonder draft players. How do you not draft <laughs> Carey Price? I, I don't understand. It doesn't make sense. How do you come out and say and try to validate what you what you did? I mean... This is a guy that would have absolutely loved to go to Seattle. He lives in Vancouver, which is literally an wow. hour and a half away from his home. Why wouldn't he want to go there? It's, it's stupid. It's, it's, it's what, driving over a border? 
That's really what it is. Seattle's like, what, an hour and a half, two hours away yeah. from the border? Uh-huh, exactly. He, he would have been home. I, I just – it's stupid. I, I, I don't – I didn't like this. I, I think – I think they made a t- terrible mistake, and and, and they benefit a lot of teams benefit like the Islanders. I think the Islanders really. I think Lola. Everybody says that Lou Lamorello was. Uh, that you read this thing that the Islanders made a mistake putting Jordan Eblia. I think the Islanders are very excited that that happened. Right. You know, I I think this was all planned. Lou is a planner. He that's what he does. That's why he's so smart. That's why he's intelligent. And that's why he's won GM of the year the last two years in a row. He knows what he's doing. He's not stupid. He trade. I told you they were going to trade Andrew Ladd, and they're going to have to give up picks. They mm-hmm. give up a significant amount of picks to get rid of Ladd's contract for the next two years. But they saved seven million dollars almost. And then, and and then you 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 traded Letty. Uh, they they gave away fifty percent of this contract, which saved them almost five million. I mean, they put themselves in a very good position to re-sign Pellick, to re-sign Bolivier, and maybe go after two other players like Parisi. Uh, Palmieri you can sign and maybe bring in Tarasenko on some kind of wiggle. Because I don't think the Lou Lamorello is done dropping. Komarov will of be course. gone. Komarov's gone, right? I think he was a free agent, yeah. was he? Yep. So yes. they, they lost. Actually, I think the Islanders are now over 15 and a half million. So they would be at probably 20 million now 18, over? 18, 18 million. Okay. 18 million. So th- this was a good offseason so far for Lou Lamorello. Now the question is, where does he go? Do they sign Anthony Bolivier? Do they, do they trade him? And, and try to add player. Maybe you trade him for Tarasenko. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe do something like that. They have to make a decision on where they see this team to be. Because I believe Lou believes next year is the year. I really do believe that. Because Lou, the, the last two years, they're the top four team in a league. And they're right there on a cusp. And they lost Anders Lee for the rest of the season. It could be different if Anders Lee was on the, in that lineup. Right. So... Um, Anders Lee coming back, yeah, the guy, maybe Vladimir uh, Tarasenko to that first line. You bring Parisi in at maybe a third or fourth line. Maybe you put yeah, – yes, have J.C. J., uh, Prajot, who was hurt in the playoffs, didn't really play healthy. Uh, you still have Brock Nelson side, who played fantastic. Uh, Bally played well in the playoffs. Uh, maybe you, I, I would keep that line together, him and Anthony Bolivier and Bally. I think that should be the line moving forward, the third line. Or, you know, and, and then uh, Palmieri, if you decide to bring Palmieri back or you bring Parisi or you bring them both back, mm-hmm. you know. So you got to make a decision. And I think Lou is going to try to wiggle something and, and, and try to make something happen. And remember, they have to bring – they have to re-sign Ilya Sorokin. Volamov is gone. Sorokin wow. is a free agent, uh, unrestricted free agent. The Islanders will sign him. He is the future. Uh, but Volamov is gone. I, actually, his contract's off the mount too. Maybe that's well, no, he's here one more year. Is he really? I think Volamov. Yeah, he's got here one more year. Are you sure? Positive. Really? I thought Volamov is a contract. No, right. he's got one more. This is his last year this year, and then he's gone. So maybe they trade Volamov, being that he's at. <laughs> maybe um, Seattle takes him on after all the. No, <laughs> but I, I, I could. I would trade him. I, I mean, he had a great season. He was up. Some people say he was top five, top six for uh, top goalie of the year. I mean, maybe trade Volamov uh, like they did with. You know, the, all these years, I, I think Ilya Sorokin is the future. I think you need to let him play next year and let him start the majority of the games. That's what I think the Islanders need to do. Let him build confidence. Let him gain confidence in an 82-game season, an 82 game season and, and see what he really is. I think he's fantastic. I think he's going to be great. So, um, I mean, what are you guys' thoughts? Yeah, he actually has this year, 2021-2022, and then he has, he has one more year after that. Uh, he is on uh, no trade list for for this year, but 
I, I think throughout the season he can be traded, though, too. So he can be traded after next year oh. from, from that basis. And he has $6 million this year and then uh, $4 million next year. So he'll likely get traded from that case. Uh, I mean, so, at this point, Varlo, like you said, Varlamov is the future. I mean, uh, Sorokin. Sorokin is the future. Mm-hmm. So at this point, I mean, look, if they wanted to, they can. Um, they could get something for Varlamov. They, they yeah. could get, absolutely, they could get something for him. <laughs> I just think they're going to hang on to him for one more year. Let the contract run out. It doesn't hurt to let Sorokin learn another year. It's not the worst thing. And if, say, they're both You're playing You're going to let Volamov be the, the starter again really well, Then you can have Volamov at the trade deadline. You, uh, trade. you, cannot, have, uh, you cannot have Volamov start this year. Uh, no, but I was saying if, he, if he's the backup and he's playing decent, you can it, trade it, Ilya Sorokin is the guy he should be playing moving forward, going into the playoffs next year, uh, mm. which there, by the way, will be a playoff team. I don't want to hear it. When, when, when do we have the Ranger guy on? Tomorrow. <laughs> Good, because I don't want to hear it. I do not want to hear him tell me that the Islanders are not going to be a playoff contender next year because that, that is done. I don't want to hear it anymore. It's, it's a joke, and I can't wait to hear what he's got to say because I'm going to throw him under the bus at everything that he said. Because and now what is he going to say? The Rangers are going to be a Stanley Cup competitive team next year. I hope he doesn't. Yeah, he's going yeah. to. He will. He said the Rangers. He, he and he and he's so high on the Rangers, very high on Rangers. Sorokin is working with the best goalie coach in the league. Let the kid play. Get him a veteran backup. I agree. Right. There's plenty of good backup goalies that they. Can I get agree. To. Why trade Volamov? Get him at a high point. Right. He's at a high point right now. Trade him. So, there'll be teams lining up for him. They need starting goaltending. Right. Starting goaltending is very hard to find. And very so Seattle could use him. Oh, I just said that. <laughs> they'll, they're Wouldn't very that hard to find. And I, I and get rid of that contract too. You need to, you have you can really solidify. You could put your team in a very good position uh, next year. It really. I mean, I'm talk, You're talking about the Islanders. They were the top four team next year. This is next year's the year. Next year is the year if they're going to win a Stanley Cup. Now, if they don't win it next year, then what happens? I, I think they're they're still fairly a young team. You know, uh, your best players: Barzell, Young, Pelic, Young, uh, Pulak, Young. I, I mean, you're you're talking about two of the best defensive pairing in the league. Uh, you you have fair Ilya Sorokin, Young. I mean, there, there's massively – Brock Nelson is still young. He's 29 years old. I mean, this is a young team. J.C. Pajot is 28, young. I, I mean, Anders Lee is 27. This is a young team. This is, this is a, still a team that's uh, destined to be uh, a, a competitive team for many, many years. I just worry that uh, – I don't know how long Lou has. You know, he's 82, 83 years old. And Lou is trying to win this championship – uh, more sooner than later before he retires and hands it over to his son because I think his son is going to take over for him, which is which was the plan from the beginning because his son was working with the organization under Gart Snow. I, I really believe Lou took the job because he was trying to set his son up very, very well. And their farm system, even giving up. Look at the last three years. Look at the fr- first and second round draft picks they give up. And after trading Lad, they gave up a second this year. They gave up a third next year. And I think they give conditional a, seconds. A, a conditional second. I mean, their draft—they don't have any draft stock for the next two years. But guess what? Their farm system's pretty damn strong. They still got Bodie Wild, Sallow. They've got. They're players. probably going to have to trade Wild in a trade for a guy. 
Why? What, what do you mean? Trade Bodie Wallace? If they, if they trade for like a Tarasenko. Well, I was surprised that they didn't bring I, – I was surprised they didn't go after Kiefer Bellows. The Islanders have still Kiefer Bellows, who's a young, promising young player. They can move Kiefer Bellows for somebody. That's true. Actually, I would think Bellows might be the guy. It's either going to be one of those two, though, as I think they keep it wild. I think they plan to put him with Dobson. Wild. I mean, he Dobson, a lefty. Uh, <clears throat> wild, a righty. I think that makes sense. And remember, Salo is still their promising young defenseman who a lot of people believe will make the team this year. So I, I think that, you know, with, with Pellick, you definitely got to sign Pellick. They got to decide if they really think that Anthony Bolivier is is the guy. He played and then Barzell. And, and Barzell's fine. They signed him. They Not for, I don't think it was long term though. Four years, for three. still three more years. Yeah. They, so for three more years, and then yeah. the, he's going to try to double up and try to get paid more. Yeah. Like we yeah. see a lot of football players. They, do. They, and they'll do kind of that. Thing. They'll give Barzell by then. All these contracts will be off. Uh, you know, Pulak. Pulak just signed a contract. He'll probably be there's there's a couple of players that are going to be off the line. And Anders Lee, in three years from now, Anders Lee he signed a what was a six year contract. He'll be three years left. Yeah, his is affordable. Yeah, they, could, isn't too bad. they could decide to move Anders Lee's contract, you know, one way or another. I, that Barzell, I, by the way, t- uh, when Tyler was on the show, he said that Barzell's going to, you know, he's going to skip that. He, he's going to skate out of Belmont or something. Why would he do that? They have a new stadium, a beautiful stadium, one of the biggest and nicest stadiums right now in the NHL. You're talking about now they have a home where players are going to want to go to, uh, being that it's on the island. It's beautiful. Everybody wants to live on the island. Everybody. You know, I, the island is like Canada in certain places. Anybody gone, gone to Ontario? Anybody gone to Montreal? It, it's it, the, the city is just like Long Island. It's very small. You know, houses are closer together. I've been there. I've seen it. I, I played over there. So I'm, I'm telling you, it's the perfect, it, it's a perfect fit. Uh, tr- trust me. Everybody says that nobody wanted to go and play for the Islanders. There'll be players wanting to go there. Tarasenko, finally, you know, out of the four teams he wants to go to, he wants to go to the Islanders. Speaking of Tarasenko, Sam says, if I'm the Islanders, Tarasenko seems too risky given his injury history. Landeskog yeah. would be nicer, but his price tag yes. may be ridiculous. I take Tarasenko. One reason why is because the next two years after this year is five, five and a half million, and I take the risk with him. He also says, Islanders, to me, still feel like a young team with middling talent that is excelling in a trots system. Just my opinion. They need to trade for slash sign a legit score or two. If that means giving up a young defenseman or two, or two, so be it. The trots system can handle a few veteran de- defensemen, which was what we've been saying they for have, a while. Sam. They have a yep. very good farm system with defensemen. Right. They, they do. Their, their farm system is loaded with defensemen, and that's very hard to find. That's why the Islanders, really, offensive players are not hard to find. You can get them in free agency. It's defense. And I think that's why a guy like uh, Lou Lamorello says, you know what, we got the defensemen. We, got, we have two of the ta- most talented defensemen in the league. You have arguably uh, the best pairing in the NHL. You have Noah Dobson, who is an upcoming star. Uh, you have um, – who else do you have on that? The, the defensive side of the puck. Uh, um, uh, what's his name again? Who, you got Aho still, who's in that system. Aho's in the system. We play, yeah, the, the, nice. the, the other defenseman in their farm system that played well. He's one of the best AHL yeah, players. Yeah, the one I can never remember the name of. Yes, yeah. uh, who, who they're probably going to call up. They've got a lot, and – they're, they really put themselves in a very good position. So they're ready to win now. Right. You see, the Rangers, they need to rebuild that defensive side of the puck. They did draft a good defenseman. They have Miller. DeAndre Miller has to stay healthy. Fox is fantastic. But uh, Truba, you can't trust. I, I mean, you're paying him $9 million. Now you're talking about adding Hamilton or somebody like that. Who's going to want Ekman 9 Larson, to $10 million? Ekman Larson, yeah. yeah they, you, they're going to want a lot of money. 
you're going to have to overpay these guys. Seth Jones is another guy that's been dangled around for a while, too, that the Rangers should absolutely take a look at, too. He's just, again, a big injury risk, kind of like what we're thinking with the Islanders with Tarasenko, but he's still young. And then you got so. Nils, you got Nils Lundqvist coming up, too. That's yeah. another one. Yeah, they, they've got they, – I'm not – listen, I'm not taking shots at the Rangers. I, I'm really not. I know a lot of Ranger fans think I hate them. I, I, I just think that they're very weak defensively, and, and they have to do – Everything. Chris Drew is going to have to do everything he can to solidify that defense this offseason. If they want to be competitive and they want to win next year and they want to compete with the Islanders and, and the teams in that Eastern Conference that are so structured defensively, you have to make a move for a defenseman. Just don't overpay for one, which will put you in you know salary hell for the next couple of years where uh, you know it could really put the, the Rangers back instead of forward. And I think... They got to decide what they're doing with Capococco because uh, as much as you know, I know he's been in the league for three years, he has done nothing. And uh, maybe with a new coach, maybe uh, uh, he'll Galan will figure things out with him. But this guy, everybody thought was going to be a dominant force, an offensive phenomenon. And yeah, this will be his third year coming up, yeah, so this, this is, is almost like a make or break year this, for him. This I is think. a year for him. You have to decide yeah. what you want from him, and if he's not the guy, well, then you got to trade him and put him on it, you know, and get something for him yeah. before he's not worth anything. I, I just. I think I, the coaching change will hopefully help him. It should. I don't think it can. Any and worse. if it doesn't, if it doesn't, they got to decide what they're doing with him. Maybe yeah, trade him. And you move else. on. That's it. You know. I. I mean. I. 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 I've not been impressed with him. I've not. I met him. I big strong kid. Uh, some people say phenomenal. Phenomenal hands. Uh, he's far from that. What we've seen so far. I, I'm sorry. Um, it, this is a make or break year for him. And I uh, maybe the coaching change will help, but. The Rangers got – they've got some interesting – they have an interesting offseason. They do. And I, I I think the Rangers more than the Islanders do because the Rangers need to figure out who they are, their identity, you know. And they need to add some toughness, something they oh, don't easily, have. Oh, easily, without question. You know, I mean, that's what, and, that, and that's why they did the trade for good, for uh, Barkley Goodrow. Yeah, but Goodrow's one player. He's one player. and he, it, it, No, he's one. That's what I'm saying, though. But I get it starts with And is Goodrow Goodrow one of the toughest guys in the NHL? I mean, come on. I mean, he was a hard-nosed guy for Tampa. I think it kind of is a it, – it, it, when they get one, it kind of could turn into a domino effect. You look at others, and it takes just Bring one. Bring you know, in you more. It's not. He's not done, Drew, at all. He's not done. Well, he's got money. He's got money on the got a lot of money. It's, it's you know, I mean. But he's got to be careful with that because he's going to have to pay some of his young players soon. And if he puts himself in highway hell, he's not going to be able to re-sign those guys. So, I, I mean, he's got to be careful on what he signs this offseason because there are going to be contracts coming up and you got to decide what you're doing with those contracts. you got some good players you're going to have to pay soon. So, uh, you know, that's uh, – have a Fox. Uh, I would start to uh, decide to extend him because you don't want him to get close to, you know, you, you know his you know his time to be a restricted free agent where he could say, you know what, I don't want to play for the Rangers. You know, I, I want to go somewhere else. I want to be the guy. You know, so who knows? I like Fox. I, I think he's a good kid. He's from Long Island. Um, I, he grew up a Ranger fan. He wanted to be here. So um, I, I think it's uh, – He's a good kid. He comes from a very good family. I met I met his father, so very nice kid. Um, and he he's not a big guy. He's not a he's not he's a strong skater. He's strong, you know, but he's not one of those guys that you can say when you meet him. He's like, wow, that guy's big. You know, he's small. You know, he's fantastic skater. That's that's the the great thing about him as a defenseman. So, um, you know, uh, as far as uh, everything else, I, I think this off season is a big off season for the Bruins too. I, I really do believe that. 
Uh, the Bruins. They're close to agreeing with Hall, so uh, they they should. Uh, they, I think it's gonna. They said it's gonna be about five, five and a half mil for four years. Hmm. It's not too bad. It's uh, not terrible. No, I I think that uh, you, the, the Taylor Hall is a is a fantastic. By the way, he changed the whole fortunes of that team. But in the playoffs, when he played against the Islanders, he disappeared. The Islanders completely shrank his game and put put him in his place where yeah. he was dominant. Throughout the season, he killed the Islanders in the regular season. Right. And when the Islanders needed to patten down and figure out who he was and how to stop him, they fi- Barry Trotz figured it out. Yeah, the only one that really went off for the Islanders and that's or the for the Bruins in that series against the Islanders was Pasternak. That Pasternak was, was unbelievable. Yes, that was it. I think he had like six goals in that series. Yeah. Or something uh, like that. Everyone else was shut down. He, he had a hat trick in one game. I remember that. Yeah, so. game one, I think it was. I think he had six or seven goals in that series. Fantastic. Pasternak is. I I didn't realize how good Pasternak is until I watched that series. I, I knew. He was good, but I, I, nobody even talk. Nobody even really mentions because he comes from that. That line is like you right. have two great players on that line. You forget how good he is. He was before the before the initial pandemic. That whole stretch hit. He actually was a Hart Trophy candidate at the beginning of that season. But once the pandemic and he, they came back with all those other regular season games, he well he wasn't the same after. Fantastic that. player in really that is. season, but he is fantastic, absolutely. But I, I think that 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 team needs to figure out how to spread out those players and put them on different lines because that line too, it's too good and. Maybe you spread out the talent, make that make all your lines strong. Because that that the, let's be honest, three, they they don't have three four strong right. lines. They uh-huh. have one strong line, and the rest of the lines are eh. I mean, Taylor Hall made that second line pretty damn good, but uh, is Taylor Hall going to do that um, over and over again every single year? Taylor Hall did very well for the 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 New Jersey Devils for like one year, and then he fell off. You know That's how he's been his whole career. You know? So well, let's see what he does in a full year with the Bruins. I think he'll be fine, but. You never know. He's on and off year to year. Uh, some trolling going on in the comment section. Snug says, I was shocked the Islanders protected Barzal. He's so overrated. Mm-hmm. Sam says, Rangers need my guy, Tom Wilson. Mm-hmm. And then Snug says, who wouldn't want to play for the Rangers, the class of New York hockey? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so much class. They haven't made the playoffs. So, yeah, very good. Thank you, Snug, for your information. And by the way, uh, I, I hope the Rangers, I, it's fun watching the Rangers become a playoff contending team because I would love to see the Rangers in the just play in the Eastern Conference Championship. That would be fun to watch. That's that's exciting to watch two New York teams face off, two rivals that can't stand each other, play against one another for to 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 have the opportunity to play for Lord Stanley Cup and two two very close friends in Ilya Sorokin and and um, Shesterkin <laughs> play against one another like they did in the KHL and and Ilya Sorokin won. So right. it's I, I would love to see that. You know, it, the question is, uh, it, it all depends on the range. I think the Islanders will be there again next year. It's the Rangers. It's defense. Right, of course. Defense takes you to that level, and, and people forget that. In the playoffs, it becomes a different game. It be, basketball becomes a half-court game, and hockey becomes half-ice game. It really does. you got to be the better defensive-minded team or the better overall team. And at, like the Tampa Bay uh, uh, Lightning. <laughs> so, uh, They're just loaded everywhere. Yeah, so... Well, that's because they were eighteen million over the salary cap. But um, they I found I, a loophole. They found a loophole. Yeah. Hopefully, they change it. We'll see. <laughs> but it, it's going to be an interesting, uh, very interesting off season for the NHL. But all the all the sports, it, it, the NHL, the NBA, uh, the NFL has been very interesting. Look at the signings this year. Look at the draft. Uh, very interesting. But I think the two. The, I think the baseball season, the hockey season, and the basketball season—they're going to be fun to watch. 
They really are. With the Yankees being in New York, what are the Yankees going to do in the offseason? How much money are they going to spend? Are they going to overspend something that Hal did not want to do? Are, are they willing to, to open up his pockets now, now that this team is not where they thought they were? Maybe they think that they are. They're, they're just, they had an off year. Who knows what Hal Steinberg or Cashman is thinking. But uh, it's going to be an re- interesting offseason for the Yankees. And the Mets, you know the Mets are going to spend money. Slug asks, who has the better concessions, MSG or Nassau Coliseum? I cannot attest to that. So. Nassau Coliseum. I mean, Nassau is gone. We, we got to see what the new stadium is going to be and, um, and and what the Belmont's going to look like. I, I'm very yeah, – They're both ripoffs. Does it even matter? It's, it's true. I, 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 <laughs> by, the way, by the way, I heard the tickets at the, the new Belmont is actually affordable. So – um, this all, uh, the actually, people what affordable actually is, all, all the games are practically all sold out. I also heard that too. So uh, you're talking about. I, I'm very. I'm. I'm definitely going to go check out the new stadium this year. I definitely want to check it out, and I heard it's beautiful. Um, I'm. I'm excited. I think this has been long deserved for the organization that deserved the place. I. I don't like the position and where they put it. I would have liked it being put in the Kings Park area. That would have been. But a lot of people say the roads. But look at the roads at the Belmont. Uh, would it, look at all the land over there in Kings Park. Well, Belmont's not a good area. No, so. I, I think it would have fit better over there at the you know Kings Park. I, I think they could have figured out roads and highways to connect over there. I think it would have been better. And plus, the train goes in over there. I think it would have been better over there in Kings Park. Knock down the insane asylum. You could have put it right there. That would have been beautiful. So much you land. That down, or you could have just put Speedy and Jeff both in there. That would have been perfect. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't you know. You would have what, been the first one to sign up if it went back in business. And Jeff, you're a moron, okay? Uh, by the way, he says, imagine being such a blank franchise that you have to share your arena with, uh, well, a thousand horses. Why Why are you back with the Jets? Oh, I think it's time to end I this think episode. He's to the because this is going to get out of hand and become a rant for an hour. Who are the, who are the Islanders sharing their stadium with? It's oh, referring right. to the Belmont horse racetrack, oh, I guess. No. Well, just remember that, that that same team knocked out the Bruins. So just just so you know, buddy, um, uh, uh, when you talked all your crap and now you have nothing to say. So uh, I don't want to hear your crap. And, and I don't care if you said that your team was going to lose. And when going into that series, you were so sure that the Bruins were going to win that series. So And you were absolutely wrong. So go kiss my ass, all right? Anyways, that's it for our show. We will be back tomorrow. At 9 p.m. at the same time, three-hour show. Stay tuned for that. Uh, I'm sure it'll be interesting. We have who? We, have, we actually have two guests tomorrow. So we got Anthony Scultore in the beginning of the show, uh, Forever Blue Shirts, and <laughs> for the second time, first time in six months. So that should be very heated. And then returning to the show is uh, he was recruited at the time we interviewed him, and now he's the can- on the Kansas roster. Freshman quarterback Ben Easters makes his return oh, to the show. Oh, he's coming back? Oh, yep, like 10, 10 p.m. he will be on. Ben's cool. <laughs> yes, he was. Ben's a nice guy. You he don't was. know him, Josh. He's a very nice guy. Ben. Can't very, wait. Very funny um, and very good personality. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So Ben Ben really uh, gave us a good interview. So I'm happy that Ben's joining us again. He actually had a very very good time with us. We oh yeah, I'm laughing. Yeah, yeah. He, he was he was very excited to come on when I was messaging him yesterday. So happy to have Ben come back and, and show his face. Uh, and uh, who is he playing for this year? Kansas. Kansas. Now without Les Miles, a new coach too. So that'll be very interesting. Well, you know, uh, Ben could be a future NFL mm-hmm. player. You know, so very interesting. Kansas is a good school. So. Um, that's it for our show. We will be back. What? Tomorrow. Until then, this is Errol Marks, Speedy Petey, and Joshua McGillis-Silverberg saying goodnight, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Good night, everybody.
You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.